Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You are now listening to the Save Cast. The number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Save Cast number 128 with Addicon and No Monkey. How you guys both doing today? You first? Me first? You right. first? <laughs> <laughs> No, Monkey, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, dealing with a lot of uh, backlash, but I, I think I'm handling it okay. <laughs> Just fun looking at the uh, discussion. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, you're you're currently on that villain arc, according to Reddit. So, um, Hella villain yeah. arc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys have both experienced the villain arc. That's the funny thing. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I should probably I should probably open with a bit of this since it'll be quite relevant. But during TOA, that was like, uh, I'm one month in. And I'm doing great, by the way, but like there was this thing one month in where I made a video about like some of the problems and how it was, you know, time for change. And then it was just like Reddit was all over it. And I, I realized that. And the title of the video is like me against Reddit or something. So I've been there and I know exactly what it's like in this position. And it's going to be very interesting how like I, I mostly don't agree. So and we're, but we're in the same position, right? So like within the HLC, we do the same stuff with the same kind of PVM streamer. So it's going to be super interesting as to why that's even different. And also, just like how it's not just a slinging mud back and forth thing, but actually conversation about it. Yeah. Anyway, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. No, I, I, we're, we're just going to jump right into it. So I want to ask mm-hmm. you, No Monkey, first, like, what do you think the reason, what do you think the main reason for the backlash is, according to, like, the latest video that you uploaded? Um, so I had people afterwards come to me and tell me, um, like, I should have taken a different, like, tact and... Um, tried to reach like mid-levels and try to like turn them to my side and that was never like my goal my goal was the video was to uh reach out to the people in like the same situation as me and like get them talking as well as me because i feel like i'm i've been the only one lately a lot of people um want the same thing but aren't like talking about it so goal with the video was show that um showed a jagex that there is 
like a group of us that want this content. And it's really hard to relate to for uh, people who haven't done, like most people haven't even done a tob, haven't even, most haven't even done like a chambers or anything like that. No raids, no nothing. So when I'm coming along and saying, I want all this hard content, yada, yada, it's really hard um, for people to follow, I think. So I, I knew it would happen like this, but. Yeah. I'll take a second to say like, sorry, not to cut off, but like, no, go for um, it. I do think that probably the most people watching this haven't watched the video. So like to sum it up, yeah, the big the big idea right is about how all the high level content in the game right now isn't really stimulating enough for the high level, and it's uh, if it's made uh, as it currently is, it's not made well enough. The quality, the difficulty, it's not anything close to what is matching the player expectation at the high level. That's that's the general idea. Is that uh, fair? Yeah, for the over the last like period, I think last great release was like Tob, and I think it's been yeah. um, more more catered towards like mid level players in general uh, since then. Yeah, and Todd was four years ago for anyone wondering. So. Yeah, years and years. A long ago. ass time. Yeah, okay. five years actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's crazy is Song of the Elves was like, uh, someone said it was ten years ago recently, and I was like, "There's no way, it's not, it's just <laughs> yeah, not. not." And then I looked, I looked at the dates, I was like, "You're kidding me, it's ten years." And it actually is. It's it's ten years. It's a decade. I feel so old. <laughs> anyway. It's been twelve years it's actually. Been 12 it, years. No, it, no, it hasn't. <laughs> so, no, you're shitting me. I looked at it the other day. Is it actually? Oh my god. It's been 12 years. No. Okay, so um, listen. I want to share a few of my thoughts because um, mm -hmm. I did watch your whole video, no, because I obviously needed Woo! to before this. It's really and, long. That's it's impressive. Well, first of all, <laughs> I, I just... I just love your rambles because they're actually like concise and you're you actually think it out, I think, beforehand. My rambles are just throw mud at the wall um, and see what sticks. But um, one of the things that kind of caught my attention was the idea that I feel like most high-level players think Tob was the greatest piece of content of all time. Um, at least, well, I would say Tob and Inferno. I think they're both obviously different. One's single, one's multiplayer. But uh, one mm -hmm. of the problems, I think, is back then we were just worse at the game. Because we see that Tob is nothing like inherently special. Obviously, there are aspects to Tob, which is like there's a lot of depth to rooms and stuff. But I would argue there's a lot of depth to a lot of things. Um, so what exactly makes Tob so great in your guys' eyes? And is it even possible for Jagex to recreate something like that in today's day? I actually have a lot of issues with Tob. I don't really do it at a high level. Um, I don't like speedrun or anything. I think there's a lot of like hammer RNG and stuff involved in the run that makes it kind of not fun to play. There's also cape swaps halfway through, which kind of sucks. I talked about that. Mm. Um, what about what, you what about just like on a on a base level though, excluding excluding speedruns, the actual content as it stands. On a base level, it's excellent. You know? There is so much depth to every single room. Um, Maiden will have yeah. different ways you can freeze the crabs. Uh, bloat will have you can do so many different things to get more damage in a bloat. You can pee neck. You can you can do like last hit Charlie. You can like there's so many different things. Every single room has something like that, like some very advanced tech that has you like risk your life to get more damage. And they do that almost every single room. It's really really satisfying and fun to learn. Yeah, I'm I more or less agree across the board. And I too don't really participate in top speed runs. I don't. I don't find them that interesting. Sorry to all the Nilo enjoyers. Yeah, Nilo's you know, great, but <laughs> um, it, it, it does. It does have that depth. I'm not like denying the depth or anything, but it's not my cup of tea. But the you know the point is that the base the base version of TOV is like insanely good for what it is. 
Um, but that is us also looking at it from our position. I think if you're, and you know, the biggest complaint with TOB is when you're trying to get into it, it's not very noob friendly. There's no the like system for the floor is high. Mm -hmm. you, you you die in a room. You sit out for the room. You can't learn, and the chances of you dying are pretty high when you're learning. So, yeah, at least from that perspective, it's um, it, it's about the difficulty floor being quite high, and also it being like a, a team requirement as well as the other big one is like people ask all the time. You know, how the hell do I get into Tom? I need a team. Where do I go get a team? And then there's all sorts of stuff we can talk about with that. But those are difficulty barriers that aren't like inherent mechanical difficulty as well. Um, it, yeah. But, it, you know, like, sorry, go. No, I was just going to say one of the interesting things about Tom release, though, is the lack of plugins that most players used. And a lot of them were actually off limits, they were bannable. And so mm -hmm. we, I feel like a piece of content like that, like the reason it took so long just for even the first completion was just simply like our lack of understanding with game mechanics and they just... were literally um t-bowing p2 if you go back and look at the foot it's oh so funny to look God. back yep. on they were t-bowing p2 and p3 and then wooks goes she's weak to slash <laughs> yeah, <laughs> goes and starts weapon. it's so sick <laughs> yeah so we i don't know i feel like it's a different era and it's really going to be hard to match that kind of um, excitement for a new piece of content unless unless literally it's just wave based or it's something where it's so hard and it's like it's hidden like they make it so you can't do um uh whatever it's called monster examine and there's you know multiple rooms where it's i don't know i feel like jagex said that the reason these pieces of content are so like we we have such a we have such strong feelings for it like it was such an amazing piece of content is simply because we didn't know what was going to happen in the next room. So you have to keep resetting and then build up your way and then die again and reset all the way where we haven't really seen that in recent years. I don't think it's that because I didn't even play Tob at release. I, I was a little baby noob. I didn't even have max combat, I think, by that point. Uh, I came and started playing it like a year and a half later. I, it's just good. It's just flat out as good. It has a lot of depth. It's really, really good. So what what about uh, TOA? What what did TOA do better than Tob? Is there anything? Well, primarily the accessibility. Yeah. The accessibility. No, okay. no. And that's like, a good thing. Of, in, just... Yes. In okay. in yeah, terms of in terms of purely the accessibility, when you compare Tob to TOA, Tob internally at Jagex is not considered a success, purely based on the amount of interaction with it, and therefore the amount of players who are like determined to get there and progress through the game and stick to the game because of that. It doesn't generate revenue for them. It doesn't really do anything for the player base. Um, if anything, it's considered like people avoid it, and it's like a, a boon for the game. It's not. It's not. It's not good at all. Mm -hmm. um, and in comparison to TOA, the accessibility, there are some terrible things with TOA about drop table and and being able to access the drop table at different low invocations. But the fact that it's scalable and starts low and works up is fantastic. Um, yeah. And Jagex is like internally again considers that a mega success. What about item drop rates? Is that yeah, a, is that good or bad? And you want to um, take this I was I was looking at I, I look a lot of times on stream people ask about that and I look at the rates. It's TOA is roughly like fifty percent better than um, like chambers or TOB for drop rate just in general like for a rare. Um, and it seems like it's because they expected like 300 to truly be like expert level like equivalent to like hard mode top or cm like something people aren't grinding and that's just not really what it is like people usually settle around four to five hundred marks somewhere in there 
the drop rates are absurd at that level. Like, your chance of a purple is really, really high compared to like a full CM or a hard mode top. Yeah, eight, eight man, eight man, four fifteens cap rate, right? That's cap. So that's, yep, fifty five percent chance. Yep. You are more likely to see loot than not, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then of course we have just amazing items being given throughout. So. Listen, let's just go on to the big thing, which is Osmumpton's Fang. That's the big item that's mm -hmm. been talked about a lot, especially with Desert Treasure 2 bosses being released and just the sheer power of Osmumpton's Fang. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that, and what would you guys like to see changed? Um, it's just the actual... The, the, the core mechanic of how it functions, essentially it, it has a double accuracy role, makes it extremely accurate across the board. They keep so, they keep adding yeah. these um, weapons that have issues. I think Shadow has a big issue as well. Um, Shadow, the way it falls in with uh, Tebow, like the way Tebow works is it's good if it has a high mage level. Um, the way Shadow works is it's good if they have a low mage level. So if you want to balance these, it's like, uh well if we want Tebow to be bad well we'll give it a low mage well then shadow's good okay we'll just make it immune to ranged and uh mage okay uh we'll give it a high defense level oh it has a high <laughs> defense level what do you use then uh oh the fang right so we've got these like three weapons that are just like across the board like that's probably what you're gonna use at every single boss yeah the, the actual fundamental balancing between those weapons is horrendous right it's now really hard um yeah. i do th i do think there are some great solutions my my personal one that I came up with, I think it's still my favorite, is the fact that if you take the fang and understand that like it's it's a stab weapon, it looks like a stab weapon, acts like one, it is primary stab. If you just apply the doubled accuracy purely to the stab bonus uh, attack style mm -hmm. and you remove it from slash, that just opens up scythe to have its own niche again and keeps fang in its own very localized stab niche. That's the best solution as far as I'm concerned. Um, and there are a few, but that fits the bill at least. You know, for all the content we have right now, it, it would make like scythe flat bis across DT2, for example. Which it doesn't have to be, but like, yeah. it would feel much better if it was. Okay, so I'm just going to share my personal take on what should be done with the Fang. This is what I was literally saying, like, month of release, is just get, just make it so the Fang is a charged weapon. Like, that solves literally every issue. Because right now, I mean, we do have a Scythe, and Scythe is one of the only charged melee weapons. Is it the only charged melee weapon? Saildor, I, I think. Saildor, Saildor, okay. Saildor yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah. But, like, the scythe, I mean, Seven literally, Osmumpton's Fang is so good. <laughs> if they would have just said, hey, this is now going to be charged with wrath runes, you know, one wrath rune, even if it was just one wrath rune or two. It's you, like, I don't think that's enough to offset it personally. I mean, I, like, it wouldn't, it he, wouldn't really change the landscape, but it wouldn't really bring scythe back into meta just because it costed a bit more, I think. Well, I would say it would be a huge, uh, whatever the balance is, maybe it was soul runes or whatnot. My personal take, and this is also because I'm an Iron Man, is a fang, at least an Iron Man progression, is you just do like a few TOAs and then you have the best assault weapon for the rest of the game, yeah. basically. And wrath runes would have basically gate kept that. It's like, okay, to even craft wrath runes, you need to have 95 rune crafting, which is just a huge requirement. Technically, you could just grind that and then have this amazing weapon. But I feel like that would have been a really good chance to say, like, this is, like, gear progression. This is now a charged weapon. It is going to be better than the rapier, which is also a free weapon. The problem is we have so many melee weapons, and whenever you give any free weapons... Like, imagine Scythe was completely free to use, which people are literally advocating for. 
then then we would literally have a problem where every other weapon is just useless, basically, in, in most cases, because you just have a free weapon to use all the time. So if they would have just said, and this is... This is also my problem with power creep in general. Like, a sh the shadow is so good. That thing could have just... You could have made it be charged with so much more. I think it's like, what, two soul runes and five chaos? It could have been like five souls and ten chaos per cast. Like, something just extortionate where most people are not going to use it. So you don't have this... I don't know. I feel like the progression of the player is there's, nicely put when there's high high the, amounts or high, high costs. One yeah. I'm not like crazy against the idea of charges, but I think there's one thing that is a bit overlooked, and that's vials of blood. If you consider what they mm -hmm. do for both the average raider, like building building their economy as they run through TOB, um, the idea of this item is like, if if scythe is is like not heavily used at all, then these things are, I guess, not heavily used. But as long as it has a use, if people aren't doing top, oh, sorry, let me let me, I get my brain is like fuzzled. If 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 people do lots of top then that means the site is good. That means that the vials of blood prices are going to be decent for... I guess it... Okay, you know what? Scrap this. The point is the vial of blood is like <laughs> a great actual um, item itself. And it, it, if you apply the same thing to, to Shadow, then it makes a lot more sense to have it like charged via that. It keeps the price sort of more level across the board. It does depend... This is the thing. It's like, am I getting confused? It depends where you use it and how much it's useful. So you still have to balance the use cases for it. But in terms of the actual charging of it it's a very good way to do it mm. okay so we charge was, it with coconut milk <laughs> yeah i mean like you can choose whatever you want like lily of the valley or whatever it is from toa but it's it's an okay way to do it i still just don't think that having it be a charged weapon solves the inherent issues in that i think the it's... major complaint the major complaint is that it kills scythe that's the major but, complaint right but now. if you had another charged weapon then they would be on the same bar where it's like these are both charged weapons like they uh, both just, have a cost know. to it so now there's a difference. Like, obviously, Scythe would mostly, you know, be better in most cases, I would say. But I feel like Scythe should just always do, like, more DPS than Shadow. It's weird that, like, even on, like, Thermi, where it's, like, weak to Slash and also weak to Mage, that, like, Mage is the better option because you have 10 tile range. It's just, like, Mage is so much more, like, versatile. And then the the thing that's, like, limited, like, your short range weapon that's like the best in the game that's still not better it's just weird feels like un i don't i don't know if it's i don't think it's buff scythe i don't know what the deal is it might be nerf shadow i don't know i think it's there's really a lot of places like scythe should be better than shadow yeah. and it just isn't and, and like that's as well and that's precisely what i mean is like if the shadow had a heavier cost because it's so goddamn good then it would actually be appropriate for it to outclass it you know where it's just like if this weapon is literally if you're literally losing money using this weapon but it's so damn good like that's that's the way to create really powerful weapons in the future like for raids four if we're talking about that in the next you know year or two like we can have insanely powerful weapons but they need to have super heavy costs and that's the idea of endgame weaponry is like not everyone's going to be using this shit because it's so expensive to use but it's so good that's what i want to see personally a lot of people are going to complain about the actual cost of it, though, to use in the first place. I mean, but that's the whole idea. I, 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 and, I, I get, I get, that's the point. But like, maybe and, it and makes it too uh, too inaccessible. I I wouldn't even say that. Every players are getting extremely wealthy, and um, I remember when the rapier and the scythe came out with TOB. Like, people were literally just using rapier because the scythe was just so expensive. Like, okay, we can't really use this in everywhere, so we're just going to deal with our shittier weapon. 
nowadays, I feel like people just use the very best because generally it's pretty cheap. So well, yeah, that's my there's, concern. there's no one who doesn't there's no one who doesn't use existing bits like Scythe or, or Shadow, of course. Yeah. But I think there's it's probably a case where the the further we get along and the more that we develop the end game like that, the you know it's it's like a, it's like a, a a wealth gap basically that keeps on growing. And if you're in there and you have these items and they're strong and you can farm the high end content, you're increasing that weight, that that wealth gap more and more and more. Um, and if anything, personally, I think it's better to decrease that. And and bring people balancing, up to the same level. Balancing around the economy is just kind of weird and dangerous too. Like Scythe is not expensive <clears throat> to use anymore, really. Like blood runes are coming no. down like a hundred GP. So yeah. if, if you bounce around that, it's kind of like volatile because the economy is volatile. So it's like the I major the the big thing I'm getting at here is like if if all players have the same items, if you just eliminate the wealth gap immediately and give all players bis gear, then it becomes a skill gap thing for whether the content is too difficult for you or not too difficult. And it's a big reason why, at least in old school, you find players hating on the HLC. And a lot of videos that you make or I put out, people are just like, you're doing Musper in max gear and max stats and claiming it's a mid-level boss. It's an endgame boss. And it's like, <laughs> it's no, you, you, know, you know they're wrong because it's, it's not, and even the devs will tell you and anyone will tell you. But that's how people perceive it because they don't have that GP and they, 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 they don't see it that way. And... In other games, competitive games, take anything you want, CSGO may be a good example, you are on the same playing field, you have the same weapons, and therefore people can't complain that it's a wealth gap. They can't complain, you're just like, you have money and it's okay for you. And that goes a long way. Um, I'm not like advocating immediately kill this wealth gap, but uh, preventing that from separating further, I think is probably a good thing in terms of how high-level players are viewed and also for allowing people to accept that high-level content is a fun thing and a good thing for them because they can actually do it if they're good enough as opposed to I'll never do it I don't have a scythe and can't afford one. Mm. Slight thing but I can't do inferno I don't have a Tebow it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Right. Eliminating that goes a long way though to closing player skill and opinions on it. I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with um kind of like el eliminating the wealth gap exactly. I feel like this game I don't know. I it's, feel like it, if, if it's you're... a fundamental piece of main account gameplay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think you should like eliminate it, but I don't think we should increase it either. Is what I mean. I just feel like and doing something like charges and weapons does that. Well, the the problem is, is if we don't do that, then every weapon just completely goes to garbage when a new weapon comes out. I feel like the future yeah. of weapons needs to have heavy, heavy costs if they're going to be more powerful than the next iteration. Is this like pushing into sort of power creep then? How old stuff is getting killed if new stuff comes out? Yeah, pretty because, much. Because the, the mm -hmm. discussion on this is, is crazy in terms of where you can go to solve that. A lot of other games, just they do that. They wipe out previous bits and give you new bits. But old school, having the economy as it is, you can't get away with it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, there there are great ways to do this. I just One example that, that seems to work quite well. If you tier all existing weaponry under tier one, all existing weaponry, weaponry is now tier one, and you release tier two content in whatever format, this content's much harder, and tier one weaponry does like reduced damage against it. But when you get tier two weaponry, then all tier two weaponry is effective at tier two content. And now you're not eliminating the use of T1 items because it applies to T1 content. So you, you can power creep stuff and you can you can introduce new strong items that are that's suitable a, in their own areas. That's a RuneScape 3 method, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, 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 all, lots of games take from this. So there are ways to do it that work just fine. I don't think it's necessarily going to devalue what we have by sort of embracing that we can have stronger stuff. But you also have to have, an, uh, in that example, you have to have an adjustment to the content 
And that's kind of a big one as well, I think. Uh, it's just to say there are methods. I'm going to take just a 20 second break. There is a huge spider on my floor and I'm going to squish it real quick. <laughs> no, <laughs> RIP Sarachnus. Little buzzick. I know Sebe hates his spiders. I've seen his I've seen his sub emote thing. <laughs> I'm glad I had my slippers on. That thing was massive. Holy crap. Okay. Why back. do you always get big spiders? I, it's Oregon. There's something about Oregon. There's just huge spiders randomly. I hope its babies have leaked out. <laughs> oh god. Don't 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 say that. Alright. Yeah, okay, so no monkey, you play RS. You you used to play RS. You don't really play RS three anymore, right? But I, you at I least played RS three until 2017, and I quit and came to this game the same week uh, Fossil Island came out. Okay. So what does RS three do well? It seems to be a recurring theme in your videos of talking about like the good things that RS three does and what they actually. Um, yeah, so do right. they don't have poles over there, so they have complete like freedom for better and worse. They added microtransactions and. Lots of dailies and problems, but also they kind of are free to like do whatever they want. Most of the player base in that game is like maxed, so it's almost entirely high levels. So a lot of the content they make is high level content. They had loads and loads of bosses. Um, they have a lot of like big solo raid bosses. Um, a lot of those have enraged mechanics where they scale in difficulty, like Telos and Archglacier. Um, I, I talked about it a lot in the video, but they just add a lot of PVM content just because the player base like eats that up. There's like a lot more people into it. Okay. Um, yeah. So what what exactly is good about Telos? You say Telos is like your favorite boss over there. Telos, my favorite boss. Period. Okay. Um, what? Why is that? Why is it so good? Uh, so the way Telos works, it's his loot mechanics that are cool. Telos. Um, Every you, you kill a Telos, it teleports you back to the top in front of a chest. It shows you what's in the chest. You have an option. You can now just pull the loot out of the chest and go on your merry way. Um, you can also leave the loot in the chest and choose to do another kill. You can go bank in between. There's no, there's no stress on time. But you can choose to do another kill. That leaves your loot in the chest. It rolls to make the boss harder, a, a random like amount of extra difficulty. And then you can go do it again. So you get a a loot multiplier based on the difficulty and whatever's in the chest. And you can repeat this process up to 200 times. So people do things called 200 kill streaks over there where they will kill a boss 200 times in a row risking the loot in the chest. Um, there's really nothing in this game that like inherently has risk. I, I think the riskiest content is like Toa because you lose like 500k, but there's not really any risk. <laughs> so Toa, Toa, uh, Telos is really, really cool. I, I'd like to see something like that that adds some risk. Speaking of yeah. risk, what do you guys think about... Uh, there's always talk of people... I'm in full disagreement, by the way. But what do you guys think about getting getting the uh, old death mechanics back or something similar oh, to man. what, what no. they used to have? No. Hilar uh -huh. Hilarious, but no. Hilarious, but no. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I need to bring it up, though, because it seems like there's always like this recurring wave of people thinking that's the way to solve the well, problem the, the, there's a recurring wave of people who are nostalgic about the game and how they used to have fun and how the mechanics used to be and they want it back but that doesn't mean those mechanics were good or useful or healthy no. for the game. <laughs> that's what's one of those i'm afraid uh, uh, you best... know don't get me wrong like hilarious but bad <laughs> the best ways to add risk are either that with the risking the loot you've already gotten or um like what they've done with the orbs where it's like risking a big entry cost and then like 
the fear of if you'll finish the kill off or not. Those are like the two like obvious ways to do risk that isn't risking bills in uh, your gear that you've obtained. <laughs> yeah, I actually am a huge fan. I think of that like Telos mechanic where wait, are you able to see the loot? And yeah, then it tells you. okay, oh wow, so you okay. can choose to continue or not. Okay, and that's the that would be the way to do it, right? It shouldn't be hidden. You should know what you're risking. Oh, I love that yeah. like that like yeah, dichotomy should. of okay. if I should continue or not. I'm risking a lot. Damn. Yeah, yeah they, the best I'm, I'm surprised they, 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 they nailed the system. I'm surprised they haven't they released nailed. something like that already in old school. Yeah, I'm pushing so hard right now for Blue Inferno, the the game jam project. Blue Inferno project. would be the perfect to, place to put to have in rage. Right. It's it's yeah. you know, like the content is maybe. Anywhere from like eight to ten minutes to do twelve waves, increasing difficulty throughout the waves, and then you have this chance to risk it all and just make more and more and more. It's the perfect content. Mm -hmm. If if there's one dream for like next year, it's for that to come out with That'd it. Be rage. Incredible, yeah, yeah. Okay, so how would the drops work? It would would it so it would drop new best in slot gear, or are you thinking of like an untradeable cape, like an infernal cape or something? They want uh, untradeable. Well, their, their original suggestion was an untradeable mage cape that was best in slot. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the actual loot, of course, it has to be. It actually has to be good GP value, or it has to be some like insanely useful thing, like a vial of blood equivalent for a scythe that you get from there. But you know, Telos dropped all best in slot weapons, so that's kind of hard mm -hmm. to like. It's pretty obvious why he's profitable. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay, that's cool. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm. I'm pretty sure. You know, if they ever do come out with Blue Inferno, that I mean, that definitely will be the place where they release it. What what is it called? Enrage mechanic? Is that just pretty much what it's they called? They call it Enrage, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There. So we talked about Osmumpton's Fang. What is the problem with the Light Bearer Ring? I'll start with you, No Monkey. It's it, it's really really good. I I paid two hundred mil for it originally, and I was perfectly happy paying that. I would have paid like five hundred mil, I think. Like. No questions asked. That thing is so good. It's it's the best ring to wear if you are not... So your good spec weapons are defense training, so like hammer and BGS, and then like ZCB. So if you are ever using melee or ranged, um, and you're meleeing without a scythe where the max it really matters, like Berserker ring, like if you're using Fang and the max it's don't really matter, light bearer's best. If you have a ranging light bearer's best, because all you get is accuracy out of a ring. Even the new ring barely gives max hits yeah. usually. It's not even good enough to make up for ZCB. Um, and if you're maging, you definitely want light bearer because all they have is Sears ring. Uh, there's no good rings for mage, and there's no good spec weapons. Unless you're not specking like at all with mage, which isn't really a thing. Spec weapons are just so strong. They're so so. Uh, Kirby was calcing um, the new mage ring in Toa. I think it gets four max hits there. Jesus. Um, even with the four max hits, Lightbearer is still better in Akka for him because ZCB is so strong. Like the, the <laughs> double ZCB shit. specs is still better than using the mage ring. That's more so a TOA problem because, well, not, not necessarily, but like because you have the, the blue path as well. It compounds yeah. the effect. It's just oh, stupid yeah. the amount of specs yeah. you get. It's yeah. less of a problem elsewhere, but it's still prevalent. Okay. Yeah. And then across all the powers of Lightbearer, power, can, can, you know, imagine the fact that it's three mil or like two and a half or something. And probably going down. It's not good. And it's an even bigger problem because it's a ring that at low level you don't have any spec weapons. Until you get to Dragon, you don't own a spec weapon. And you would barely use it and you wouldn't care. So it's a problem for the high level players. And this ring is just going to like, not like crash, crash, but it's going to go to like 500k next year. 
because anyone who's anyone who does content has one and then anyone who's like below that content doesn't need one it's and not like a berserker ring you get used to utility from early on you just you have no use mm -hmm. so it's even capped to the high level of the game damn yeah and like every single person's toa log they have like 20 plus rings on there so that's not looking yeah. too good either and they're not like prayer scrolls from cox where they get incinerated once you've used them they're just always you just, just have floating it. around everybody you know? has one uh so what would you what would you recommend them doing or is it just uh, i don't know i'm i'm not a fan of saying it's too late for anything obviously it's probably too late but <laughs> what i think it's a shame they didn't they didn't make them rarer I, not just okay people say like with fang too like fang is too cheap they were saying and they were always like oh we need to swap the like rarity of these like purples at toa yeah. and it's like the purples in general are too common like Masori's worth nothing, Light Bear is worth nothing, Fang is worth nothing. The only thing worth anything is the Shadow because it's just so good. Everybody needs it, and it's also the rarest thing. Yeah, and the, the annoying part is they have all the systems in play to make it work effectively if they were to lock it behind higher levels or make mm -hmm. it rarer. And the reason for this is because you you have to balance the if if you want items to maintain a stable value, you, of course you have to have the supply and the demand. So you have to balance the rarity, the supply against the demand, which is the amount of players entering the HLC and finding a use for the ring or getting the levels to make use in some way. And it's like, if, if currently it's it's too cheap and then all the high-level players uh, need one, but no one low-level. And it's like, they have this system to take shit out of the game with the G, right? So items over time, whichever ones they choose to balance them from, can be removed. Um, and you can't just, like, delete every other life bearer because it's a bit too much. I, I compare it but, to, like... Your ship is sinking, right? And you're like, how do we mm -hmm. stop it from sinking? Uh, the GE tax is bailing. That's like bailing the water out of the ship. This is it's a like, analogy. That kind of that, that helps. It, it can help. Like if it's a small leak, that can help. That can that can that can get you to port. But like plugging the holes is fixing the drop rates. That's that's what they needed to do. But they a really haven't. good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, uh, let me ask. Like, what 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 if they had made it so? light bearers only have a certain amount of charges like a certain amount of it usage it, it or whatever and then they it, disintegrate and it they helps because it, incre it increases demand significantly so it helps i mean the other obvious item here is a cult right it's the same both yeah it's like yeah, yeah. it's just too easy to obtain and therefore if it was rarer at least the amount of players coming into endgame would balance the amount that they drop but it's not yeah, so 10 the, all, any any item in that position, <laughs> yeah, any item in that position is like subject to that problem. The question is maybe one more of like how much should it actually cost, which is very subjective, but probably the more interesting talking point as far as how do you, you know, what, what, at what point do you balance these two? And the second part of this is okay, if we agree light bearer is a hundred mil item, how the fuck do you take it from two and a half mil to a hundred mil reasonably without it first being like heavily manipulated ahead of time? And without causing like major disruption and major angriness from people, mm -hmm. you can't. And that's the yeah. position we're in. So do you think part of this is actually... Now, I'm, I'm not going to say accessibility is bad, but when you're releasing a brand new endgame raid, should it be accessible to every player day one? <laughs> there's that's, nothing, that's there's the nothing wrong with having those difficulties. The problem is the rates at the low levels like a 150 toa is a higher rate than a normal chambers for a purple mm. like that's not that's not fine that's not okay i, <laughs> I don't <laughs> if we're talking exclusively like accessibility balance tob has nailed it right now 
after yeah. the changes to after the changes to entry mode were made, and more so recently, entry mode is the perfect place to get experience, and you don't get much loot, but you get something. And I think you might even get vials of blood now from entry mode, something like that. You do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So so it's 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 enough to give players a taste, and also get some unique that isn't game breaking. They're not they're not printing eighty mil of onyx while their bank is two mil. You know. But TOA just like ignores this principle. Um, like we all agree, it it kind of ignores it and it's not done well. Maybe the question is like, why? How did this come to be? Because mm. this is more so about how they chose to develop it and and why it ended up like that, which also ties into like the video on why you think the DragX maybe is making these wrong decisions, right? So, mm. I guess I'll start it with like saying, I think there are because there are only three raids. And that's not a very large sample size to work with. And they've been developing sort of their techniques for working on raids um, ever since Chambers was a good success. And they they realized Tob wasn't successful internally, so they had to change it up. And the biggest biggest problem with TOA that they, they took on was it's too much, especially with invocations and the size of the teams from literal one to eight. Um, they know from Chambers, like going to 100 is silly. They know from Tob that maybe people want a bit more than five. But in combination with everything they had to work on, TOA was too much to handle, and I think it was firstly not enough development time, too strict a deadline, and thirdly not enough times not enough time allocated after after the release to go yes. back and patch stuff, which was basically a two month uh, sorry a two week window where they were actively fixing things and then it stopped dead. Yeah. And those are the those are the fundamental problems internally that I think need to they and I think they are to an extent aware of it, but those are the major problems that I see. Now, to carry on with this, like if if raids four comes out and the same problems are there, I'll be the, I'll be quite disappointed, and that's maybe the the difference is like I I'm quite accept I'm I'm quite comfortable accepting that they've learned those things and raids four won't have that problem, and maybe maybe there's a bit of a disagreement. I don't know. What do you think? Ah, uh, is Jagex learning from mistakes? Is you know, fifty fifty. But well, sorry, learning from mistakes yeah. is great. I just think it's unacceptable yeah. to leave it in the state it's in. I, they are coming back mm -hmm. and doing um, another uh, TOA QOL, so I'm really hoping they finally do fix a lot of these issues. But Not the drop rates, though. No. I feel like it's a shame they left it in the state it's in. Um, a lot of the changes they were making like early on in release were, for everything they fixed, they'd add like a new problem. Like almost, almost every single time. They were adding new... Oh, man. Aka kept having issues added where they'd like change the position of like the DPS skip. They just like keep breaking something in every single room for some reason. Mm. Um, and then that would stay that way for a couple weeks. It's just like, man. They dropped the ball so, like early, for sure. Yeah. It's it's so tricky when ultimately it comes down to spaghetti code for a lot of this as well, right? Like yeah, you sure. have one problem, you change one thing, and something else breaks. And maybe that's not something that can actually be solved internally because that's just what they're working with. Those are the tools they're given, and that's not getting an update. I think the engine guys are doing some good work, but it's not enough to to counteract the like twenty year old system they're with. Yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of a lot of existing problems that we have, whether it be the the style of content, the the quantity, uh, the quality, uh, the mechanics at play, that all comes down to engine and limitation based on engine. Which I don't know if we can actually flame them for or, or, or like hold them accountable for. I at I the end of the day, I don't program. I don't know their engine. I don't know any of their code, so I can't really just assume the best. The best thing I can do as a player is be like, "Hey, I don't like this thing," um, and give that to them. 
that's pretty much the yeah. best I can do. I can't assume the best or the worst. I don't I don't flame any of the devs. I'm never like, oh, this dev is doing this thing wrong. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know what they're doing internally. All I can say is, hey, there's a problem here. That's that's the best I can do, and that's what I assume. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. So they actually did come out with some TOA quality of life that was in that latest blog or whatever. And one of the really nice changes, I think, is the volatile monkeys. Oh, that's really cool. Exploding. Yeah, suggested that a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. And they're one-shotting them, guaranteed. That's... They also made it so thralls don't um, push Aka Shadow around, which is going to be really, really nice. Oh, that's super annoying. That would uh, be... Yep, that's nice. That's really nice. There's other issues than that. I have a big list of issues, but I, they're <laughs> also like working on those. So. <laughs> they have a list of around 50 problems with the raids. So. <laughs> there is a question. Yeah, yeah. No, well, here, let me just let me just say this one thing. So this is something that kind of comes up I see on Twitter is people want the pillar in the middle of the monkey room gone. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I don't want it gone, personally. I, th I think that you can learn to play around it, and it also has its use to add depth in the fact that you can trap monkeys selectively. I think that's also a generally good thing. I think what the ball is it's going to help. They could make mm. it so you could shoot over it. I like that a thing exists in the middle that you can um, stack things with. Like, you can be really smart about it and stack things to chin. Um, uh, it adds some depth, but it's annoying, right? Mm -hmm. like, I think if you could just shoot over it, that's, like, ideal. Like, as long as there's a place where you can trap things still, that's kind of... I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky one, yeah. Yeah. Hey, go, go, circling back a little bit. Um, there's a list of, like, 50 issues at TOA, right? These are all genuine issues, fair play. But the question is, is it worthwhile for them to take the time to fix them? And if so, would it, may not, would it not be the case, perhaps, that that time is better spent on new content? Because that's a lot of issues, and each one takes not just the dev to go in and try and fix it and make sure it's right, but also the QA, potentially sometimes the art team to get involved. And at the end of the day, they work at the pace of the slowest link on the team, whatever, uh, whatever that they is. Shouldn't, they shouldn't need the art team to fix. They're, no, they're maybe, like maybe that's an exaggeration. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether they should work on new things, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what they're like internally. I'm, I'm giving well, my perspective, like sure, on that's issues fine. and things. So I can try filling a thing or two. I've got a, a decent idea, but like, okay, the way I see it is, if you have the major dev team that works on TOA, yeah, those guys are also responsible for fixing the bugs that end up arising there. And if you want to take the likes of, let's say, just Arcane. Sorry, Arcane, I'm putting you in the in the fire firing line here. But like, let's say Arcane gets taken <laughs> in. <laughs> let's say Arcane gets taken in. And he's like, um, "There's 50 bugs that Noma sent me to do, and I'm going to go fix all these." That might well mean we don't get the likes of Blue Inferno for an extended period, and the knock-on effect can continue throughout all these bits of content. I don't think all of them are equal priority either. I'm just like these are all issues. The yeah. the the fixing the monkey room is huge, and the the Aka Thrall thing is huge. Those are like incredibly big changes there's a couple other like major things i'd like to see change just like aka being completely random when he switches is really annoying there's a couple like annoying things that would be like massive just the the like handful of bugs i've got that like you can't mage jugs if that takes them a lot of dev time then like who cares but like right. those are the major things and on top of that do you think that most of these things are things that affect high level players or all players because some some definitely affect all of us but a few of them probably the average player doesn't give a shit about. Then the question uh, is, is it worth the it to fix it for of the things, small players? A big chunk of it is things that affect you like once every like 20 raid. You know, yeah. It's not like a, a massive deal. 
it's comprehensive. It's it's everything. It's everything I've encountered. So, what about those very specific specific issues that do affect HLC members? I'm trying to think of a couple. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are a few. Um, um, do those basically have a priority? Is the question then? There's not many that are specific to like me. I'm trying to think. Yeah. May, there may just not be some good examples, in which case it's fine. No, there's nothing I want changed specifically for me, I don't think. Besides, like, obviously I'd love for them to add, like, depth and invocations to the raid, but that's, like, obvious, like, heavy dev time. Like, maybe that is better spent on a new raid, I don't know. Yeah. But I can always dream that, oh, they'll add, they'll add this, like, invocation that adds a bunch of stuff, and then, like... Insanity will actually be hard. This is all like <laughs> one tick, dream, one but... tick insanity, one tick random insanity. <laughs> please, <laughs> you know, I, I'm down for it. But yeah, I, those, those kind of things I do think are, are probably better spent elsewhere, purely to have new content to deal with. Because the, the new stuff is always more interesting than like making old stuff revamped, I guess. But hey, okay. Uh, let's talk about the new awakened bosses that came out with Desert Treasure Two. So. Obviously, four new variants. They came out just within a week. I was like, what the hell? I thought this was going to take months. <laughs> like, yeah. They just they, came they, out. They boogied that out. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> was crazy. I, 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 I was sure they were working on them like previously. Like the, the tone of discussion and like the way they were approaching it was like, yeah, we got these things ready. We're going to rock them like on the day of release. And I, and I, I had thought that they were going to do it on a day of release. Mm. And so it was like surprising to me they weren't going to. I was like, oh, what's up with this? And then obviously yeah. two days after, it's like, you bastards, you had it in here all along. <laughs> yeah, that was so. really crazy. And uh, it, what's the most surprising thing is like, I don't even think they had enough data for like, just to even know what the difficulty was for the normal variants. And then they just instantly um, come out with the Awakened. They did a lot of playtesting. And yeah. even the, I, I know you mentioned this, but actually the Awakened bosses, each of them was killed at least once by a J-Mod. Mod, Mod mm -hmm. Nox actually killed Leviathan. Um, and Nox I think... Machine. Nox is insane, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the team definitely, and in fact, he was brought on from player support to try and do some of those testings in particular. That was like one of the main reasons, I think, if he said that. I think he said that. So it's nice to know they're putting like players in that position, at least, and especially internally, not just like average us playtesters. Yeah. So, so are you guys satisfied with the difficulty? I love Leviathan. I adore Leviathan. Leviathan's an amazing addition. That shit's so hard. I was watching you for like a couple oh, hours man. last night. <laughs> That's just so brutal. The end is so insane too. The thing, that, the thing yeah. they did with all the Awakened bosses, they all are like, they're pretty similar to the normal one at the beginning and then they like ramp up. Usually at like half health, they have some kind of mechanic they add or something. Leviathan's just great because you have the boulders you're stacking through the whole fight and you're just trying to keep it like as perfectly stacked as possible for that end bit. Just because that end bit is so, so hard. The one trick like... clear switching while moving, while avoiding a tornado, while also staying inside an orb while still attacking is just like... Uh. Yeah, and there's <laughs> things falling all around you as well. Oh, man. Yeah, and you're also DPS checked because rocks are falling. Yeah, you I, have to kill them fast enough. To be honest, like that's one of those things where like I, I see the end and I actually think that's a bit too difficult. And I don't really say that lightly. I think the reason it's too difficult is because of the falling stuff. Because like... I disagree. I don't know, man. I, I think I think they pushed it just a little bit too far where it literally is like you can kind of get RNG'd in a way. Technically, you can't get RNG'd, but like you would have to do like three clicks and a tick very precisely to actually be dodging, falling things 
on top of staying in this little three by three. They have a long indicator. Like if you're, yeah. it's just a lot to keep up with. Like yeah, seeing the rocks falling. I I did manage a perfect um end bit. Like I have done it damageless. I didn't get by rock or any prayer. But was that orange? Or did did you actually like? dodge you could, some of the you things you could argue i got lucky i had a lot of like one tick prayers which is back and forth like him jatting me so yeah well i'll, I'll make the argument now okay. that leviathan awakened is consistent and tomorrow i'm it gonna is. prove it by doing three kills in a row in the same <laughs> okay okay i, I nearly got two today but like i'll, I'll happily do three tomorrow in a row yeah. i i definitely agree it is consistent it's one of those things where it's it at it's just the that ending part seems like you have to have unbelievable click actually. Like if you were to get unlucky, this is what I'm saying. It's like if you were to get unlucky with some of those falling rocks, like it's going to be a bitch. Like you can just have a run where there's a few things in your path and you're just not going to be able to click precisely. I was, getting, um, I was getting kind of frustrated because uh, you take a bunch. When you, when you send that last bit with the orb, um, the, the prayers damage you if you're outside the orb. Mm -hmm. And the orb's hitbox isn't available for, like, four ticks, but they still chip you. Mm. So the issue I was running into is I was sending it, and I'd take maybe, like, four orbs, which damage you, like, 60 damage. So you're just down 60 health at the beginning. I was getting really frustrated because I was like, how do you deal with this? Then I find out you can trap the tornado. So it's just like you go to the opposite side, you trap the tornado when it's close to 20%, and then you send it, you do a shadow barrage from there, go to the other side right next to the, right next to the orb, hit him, procs, procs the orb, he's not attacking you, and you avoid the chip damage. It's completely avoidable you okay. just have to be very very smart about what you're doing you have to not rag the spot where you can hide the tornado you just have to be intelligent about what you're doing it's so good <laughs> it's, 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 so a, it's good. a there's a huge amount of tactics and method and yes. control that go into the pre-enrage part to make the enrage good that shit's and insane that's yeah but the suit but the thing is that's really learnable um yep. like on day one of awakened bosses i was like by the time I was done, I was like, "There's going to be 200 people with a with with heart with a blood torpor by the end of the year," and of course, on the second day, there's like 500 kills of each boss. So I'm just like, <laughs> meeting my words immediately." Um, this goes to show a few things. Firstly, like, there's probably about 200 people, maybe 300 now with blood torpor, maybe. Um, yeah. Legitimately, let's hope there's like 100. But hey, um, anyway, it's more like the fact the fact that player skill is is just insane, and there are players that can do this, and not just a small amount either. Like hundreds of players can do this. And also the fact that the day one is always a bit tricky. You don't quite know how difficult it truly is and how much of the difficulty is to be made up with methods and made up with tactics and made up with, like, not player skill, but methods that emerge over the next few days. And now I'm saying that, like, I, I, thought, I thought initially Leviathan was practically impossible outside of maybe, like, a 1 in 10. And now I'm just like, it's consistent. I can do three kills in a yep. row. It's, it's silly, but that's the game we play. Um, and so much of it goes into method. Yep. It's... It says a lot about maybe new content that could be released that's even harder that we can't do for not just 10 hours, but like a month. And maybe we do need to figure out the methods to get there, but it's still possible within player skill. Um, but there's, there's the two opposing, not two opposing, but two things that work together to like make the kill possible. That's so interesting, honestly. No, I, th I think it is. And it, what is cool is like, yeah, these things are completely solved within a month. Like it, within a month, there's going to be some no monkey guide or Adikon guide that's just like tells you exactly what to do at the Leviathan Awakening. Like exactly yeah. what to do to set yourself up for perfect success. Practically where, within a week. Yeah. 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 And there's always like new things that come out. It's like, oh, this is a new tech that's going to make it even easier. Which is what I like. Um, so, what are your guys' thoughts on the awakened orb mechanic? Is that healthy? Um, yes. 
just getting orbs and paying for attempts it's money is one of those things as like as a main like ignoring the iron man for a moment money money on a main account matters and whether you like it or not a lot of your time spent on a main is about making money yeah. so having to choose how you use it what items you buy where you spend it if you think blood torver is worth it at your current budget and bank value that's an interesting choice to be made um and it also adds gp to the bosses that players who don't want to do awakens can benefit from so maybe it's not the perfect solution but it's not a bad one it's interesting enough and plays into standard old school mechanics yeah or gameplay what about for iron man <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's cool for irons as well I and mean, it's just like one of those things where it's just difficult like you're gonna have to grind a lot harder it's yeah. frustrating no, that i have to um I've, I've been doing Leviathan world record attempts. It's really frustrating that I, um, I've i done the thing, and now every time I want to attempt it, it's like I've got to pay three and a half mil every time I go inside. Mm -hmm. I wish there was a solution to that. Arcane said in the Q&A something like, uh, what was it? He's like, I don't think these uh, attempts, or I don't think these kills would hold up after 100, so I don't think it's... Um, I don't know exactly what the quote was. He said they wouldn't hold up over time, and he's like, "No, we don't need to fix that." It's just like, oh man, you mean, like the orb price and stuff. He was actually he was in stream today yeah. saying he was he was surprised about the price of the orbs, and I was like, "Yeah, same." I mean, they're, well, they're still the going thing up. With they're, the, they're nearly four mil. This is the thing with the orbs, um, because you would think people would stop doing it after you get um, blood torva, but they don't stop doing it. Like you, it's such a good fight. Like people yeah. go back in and yeah. they try it again. So. You would you would think oh they they spend a bunch of orbs and then they stop doing it but there's constant they're constantly draining those out it's getting more and more accessible and more and more people are going oh I think I can do this and they're coming in and spending their orbs in the same time there's less and less people doing the new bosses the hype is slowly dying down so there's less and less people getting orbs and there's more and more people using orbs so people are like oh they'll go down probably pretty quickly that's not what's happening okay so what if about they don't go Sorry, if if they don't go down, is that what, maybe that's one of those things that closes that wealth gap a little bit? It, it's a system that does that, albeit just for like maybe a couple of players. But that's another reason why I think it's probably okay. I, I get it's frustrating as someone who wants. I I want to do it all the time, right? But like, I get the frustration, but I think it's still a healthy thing for the game because of that. This is just a curious point. I'm just going to bring up and just let me know because yeah. mm -hmm. personally, I think it's fine the way it is. But I want to just bring this up. So what if? You got an untradeable Awakened Orb after completing an Awakened Boss that's yours to go in again for free. That's a sick idea. <laughs> yeah. It's good, and they should do that. But the issue is that the rates are higher, and I don't know how much higher. So that's why yeah. they haven't... That's their issue they're having. They haven't okay. done anything because the rates are higher. I Honestly, maybe they should just remove the higher rates. I don't know. Dude, because you still get, like, garbage loot. I, I killed Leviathan, like, five times, and I think I made a total of, like... 50k like I got oh no i got 90 onyx bolt tips once okay that was decent that's good so I, maybe I, got I got pet on two pet KC, is good. So. we take pet <laughs> <laughs> okay so now i'm actually already gonna backtrack so what if they don't do that thing which i just said which is have an untradeable awaken orb for completing an awaken boss but what if it's just the same as it is but the rates are actually significantly higher in the awaken versions but you have to pay for that attempt that would be sick too like, wouldn't that just be the way to do it? I mean, isn't that just the most fair? That's the risk versus reward. Yeah, that's gives. literally risk versus reward the right there. That's the same thing. It's a bit in scary a different because... Way, and it's cool. I, 
I think the only bad thing about it is that it, 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 if you go that route, now it drops a cosmetic and people want to get the cosmetic and are now fucked because of the orb price, and that's not so fun. Um, I if think you that's, remove but, Blood Torba, then but, it would be making well, more sense to me. Okay, I think so you the do orbs both, then. So why don't you make it an untradable orb you get back, and it's profitable. So now it's like, if you're consistent, you get your orb back, and you make some more money. You don't make it so high that it's like giving you back the price of the orb, but if you're good enough to get the orb back consistently, you're still maintaining. I'm actually actually thinking it's better if you don't get any orbs. So it's constantly that risk versus reward, and you it's, are paying it's for cool, it. It's cool to be putting so much money into a kill and have it return that yeah. much back, but yeah. it's like scary for them to design around. So I don't know. That's a tricky one, this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I just got to say, like, it's been a week. I mean, the orbs are expensive right now, but look five months from now. They're going to be way cheaper. Yeah. We we don't know is the answer. Yeah. This this is one of those topics that in yeah. three four five months it'll be really interesting in hindsight. We'll sound dumb probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a, it's been a literal yeah. week. Like we, it, we yeah, nothing has happened all, so far. All in I've the seen grand is day one when you would think them they'd be at their highest. They were two point five mil, and then the next day they were three point five the entire day. <laughs> so that's worrying to me. But well, once players I, that was because people thought it was too hard. I think watching people do it maybe. was like ridiculous, and now people realize it's actually quite obtainable. And again, those methods have come out. That's why yeah. people yeah. are like, "Oh, yeah. I can do it. I'm going to buy the orbs." Uh, I wish Blood Torva was darker. It's too gray. <laughs> I thought it was going to be darker. It looked really dark in the blogs, and then when I actually see it in game, I'm like, "Oh, that's." Daniel Street Bright everything they had. I guess I do have to. But the thing is, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what Black Graceful used to look like. It was that gray, and then they make, actually made it black. I wish they would do the same thing with Blood Torva. Just make it a little bit darker. Just a little I, bit. I don't mind. I, I'd like it either way. I'm happy as is. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I support a more cool version you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, also, let's talk about the boosting, buying, and selling of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, really quick. I've been going yeah. for World Record pretty clearly bought it or uh auto prayed for so this is the thing with the leviathan um you have the fight goes you do damage you can shadow barrage get behind him do an attack and then he does a special attack uh it's either lightning or boulders uh boulders you lose ticks doing um because you can't shoot every single tick um and lightning has a huge damage reduction i think it's 40 percent damage reduction or something ruby bolts only hit 73 instead of 110 no way. So, as a human being, I'm forced to do that because <laughs> he gets so fast. He has he's one tick attack speed with a one tick indicator while a tornado is chasing you. I don't think a human being can keep up with that. Maybe in the future somebody will manage, but there's people doing their first awakened Leviathan kills with only thralls with no shadow barrage, and it's like. So if you if you don't ever have to shadow barrage, you not only don't lose the ticks casting it and then running around to his back. You also don't have to deal with the damage reduction. You just have an inherent advantage because you're a robot. Yep. Uh, really hoping they, they ban. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure World Record is auto-prayed. I'm not 100% certain, but... I, I, I am 100% certain. Okay. And, so, I, and there's an evidence thing going around for it, so... Yeah. The, the, okay, second, the second place guy slash the record holder. Um, yeah. Or maybe maybe he's not the record. It doesn't matter. The point is the record is clearly cliented. Yeah. But yeah. I think what they're doing is, much like Infernal Capes, they wait for it a little bit, they get some data, they assess it, and then they ban wave. I'm sure and they're collecting, and, yeah. There's no and that's probably, that's probably what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, but that's um, unfortunate, because that would, yeah. That, uh, cheating Leviathan is 
the yeah, it's the most completely like, makes it easy. It's <laughs> just, the most incentivized yeah. boss to do it at. It just exactly. solves the whole thing. Like exactly, and it's the most and it's the current most prestigious thing. It's it's yes, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As yeah. far as like the um the buying and selling goes of it, it's for those wondering. I'm not going to quote exact prices, but not in not in money anyway. But it costs approximately two point three billion GP to buy to buy Blood Torva right now. And you, you can simply go to a service Discord and do it. And I, I, I don't recommend it. Don't do it because you're ruining the experience for yourself. <laughs> but the point is you can and people do and people have already bought Blood Torva. I don't think we should balance the game around people buying stuff like that. Yeah. But it is important to try and prevent them in, in, as, many ways, in as many ways as possible. It's, it's not good for the game integrity overall. It's, um, well, it's, it's just not anything people can see as desirable unless you're one of those people who wants to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. But can they do anything about it? No. Straight up, no. For the same reason they can't do anything about people doing infernal capes for other people. It's essentially a waste of time for them to go and ban them. And if you can even find them in the first place, that is. Yeah. Um, and the resources are better spent elsewhere, maintaining other other elements of game integrity, like not a 3,000 bot pyramid plunder farm thing. Yep. Um, so it's a shame, and I think they should definitely crack down on, down, down on it on release. But ultimately, yeah. it's just part of the game that we should as players ourselves just ignore and you can't balance around bad actors it's not a thing you can do yeah you just have to do your best to to curb the flow like yep and yeah no i mean i don't know generally you can tell when a guy got it himself I feel like it's the same thing with like people going into TOB with an infernal cave and they have no fucking clue what they're doing. It's just like, I'm not going to just like, yes, you can flex your shiny armor at the grand exchange or whatever, but like people aren't going to actually respect you when they actually PVM you, with you. You can fake your items, but not your skill. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it is bannable. Correct. They just can't really find out. Correct. Straight botting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the, the body thing, obviously, but but the serv- so, someone, I'm, I'm talking about the services. Oh, services, yeah, yeah. also bannable. You, you, yeah, bannable, but how can they find out? Is the question. Yeah, they yeah. Got. There's there was some really interesting discussion about kernel level anti cheat in the streams like the last few days about how maybe they could do something if they had that, and then, like whether if people get caught like that, should they just be like hella permed instantly? Should that be the kind of thing? I'm all for perming cheaters in any game, personally. Yeah, but same. having having the ability to recognize that and then also adding stuff like kernel level is is a bit That's scary, scary for too. a lot of people. Yeah, it is a Valorant thing. Yeah, yeah. The, That's a whole other topic, but maybe we should avoid that one. No, I mean, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you got a point. Like, there's there's got to be a line drawn where you're permanently banned. Um, I think personally, like ge- generally, people think, oh, I should I deserve a two day ban first, and then whatever happens after is fine. It shouldn't even be two day bans. Like when you get banned for the first time, it should be like a fucking month. Like just actually sit you down for a while and consider your actions. <laughs> uh, but this is the problem with bans: is there are false bans that happen, and the the perfect system would be them to actually have legitimate player support. That would be amazing. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do that. Probably not. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a huge weak point. But a lot of the support requests that go through are from botters trying to regain access to bot accounts. How, how the hell they can tell legitimate players from 
people trying to access a bot account again is incredibly hard. Especially yeah. with Chat GPT, you just say like, write the best appeal ever for me. Yeah, <laughs> copy paste. Guaranteed, one hundred percent success rate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. One of those things where like I don't actually think they would benefit much from more player support, despite wanting it. I I just don't know if they can ever get to a place where it's really useful. Maybe maybe more people to go through more requests, but like if they're handling the current flow rate, what's more to it, right? If they can't do a better job and there's not much not much they can improve on, mm-hmm. maybe it just has to remain shit. That's a bit of a shame. I mean, I don't know. I disagree with it. Like, I understand that's the easiest route. The hard route would be to actually invest money into player support and actually have like legit investigations. And when and when you've abused that, like they're just like, okay, you're you're permanently banned. Like if if you abuse the reporting, like if you knowingly cheated and then you're saying like you didn't they'll just ignore your ass yeah um, but i think the, the problem with that is the proof the proof level right yeah yeah again it's, this is it's all not so, resources and money which they're not yeah willing to invest and then even if you do want to go that route it's the kernel problem and all that but yeah it's a really tricky one that one that's it that's is. a huge huge conversation and I'm, I'm sure they've had it internally but also kernel dev is like insane amounts of money per year like insane, insane. The whole uh, fucking yeah. dev team is spent yeah. on a kernel dev or something. Uh, what if? Okay, yeah. imagine this. Like, imagine a perm ban was two years. So there actually <laughs> is no such thing as perm bans. It's just you're banned for two years. Like, sit the fuck down. So you actually can't even like really cry that much because you're gonna eventually get your account ban- backed. <laughs> but you're just like actually pretty much permed. I don't know. Because in that in that case, like, because most of the time, like, if you get a severe punishment like that, like, you're gonna change your ways. Like, that actually does happen, believe it or not. Um, when you've seriously um, like dealt with the consequences, some people will. I don't think the majority of cheaters change their ways much. No, I don't well, it depends if they're like doing it uh, maliciously or not. I would say somebody that has cheated once and gets caught, they're like, okay, I, holy shit, like, I'm not going to cheat anymore. But, like, a person that's just maliciously trying to gold farm and shit, obviously, they're going to continue. In in my experience, running a lot around esports of all varieties, people don't really reform, ever. Mm. Yeah, It's not a thing. Yeah, I definitely noticed reform, to be honest. Some people maybe, but it it depends what kind of cheating you're doing, because if you're doing it for, like, an actual advantage in a competitive game... Those guys don't change. That's true. Almost, That's true. almost, almost never. If if it's someone who's bought gold and wasn't sure about the rules of the game, they're probably not going to do it again. But that's mm-hmm. not the same as maliciously cheating for exactly advantages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, okay. So, should Blood Torva be a combat achievement? I'm just going down your list. I can take this one. Um, yeah, go for it. Initially, I didn't think so. When it first came out, I, on the first day, much much like how I was saying there were maybe 200 people who would get it by the end of the year, because of that, I was like, the difficulty's too high. Um, and the reason for this is, like, if you take Inferno, Inferno maybe requires 30% of my current player skill, and I'm, like, a top player. And CAs maybe consists of anywhere from 40 to 60% of my skill to do the tasks. But nothing requires more than, like, 60%. Maybe, maybe one task. And so th- things like DT2 Awakened... Leviathan, for example, I needed to put in like 90% of my player skill, 95%. Yeah. And to ask GM players who are at peak, uh, who are peaking at maybe 70 to 80% of my current level, this is maybe sounding incredibly arrogant, but like the point is there are top players. To get GMCA, you don't have to be a top player, you just have to be pretty good. 
to ask those players to go from where they are to really push the limits and make it into a top player to do that seemed a bit excessive. Um, GM doesn't now, really have anything like truly difficult on its own. Like it's just a lot. It's just a comprehensive jack of all trades. Do you know most of the content for yep. uh, Zuck yeah. Helmet? Um, it's a long grind. There's no. I I I compared Leviathan to like harder than a like pillarless inferno or a solo tob. I don't know if it actually is. It's hard to compare that kind of thing, but that's like the kind of tier of difficulty it is. So it's, tricky uh, it, because... it's, a, it's a thing that can be solved and it's a short fight. So it's like, it's probably going to be very much, much easier in maybe two weeks uh, once there's guides and stuff out. So it's kind of hard to say right now, but yeah. In, initially I was thinking no. And, and nowadays back to this method thing, I think that instead of it requiring 95% of player skill, it's more like requiring seventy-five percent plus twenty-five percent of learning a method, yeah. and therefore it's and therefore it's okay if you put in the time to learn a method. That's actually a good thing. Um, so my view on this has definitely changed. I think I think it could be added, but not a speedrun time, just like a base kill. Fine. I'd still like to see like a trim on Zuck Helmet or something, maybe one extra tier above. I still think that would be really cool. You put in your things like Pillarless and your things like Solo Tob. Um... And then you give it like a trim, maybe longer horns. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing can go in there if it's too hard. Ultra super GM or mythical super mega GM. Yeah, maybe no rewards, <laughs> just like a cool trim on it. Quantum GM. There we go. Oh, it's a total <laughs> screaming nuclear. <laughs> mm -hmm. You could just one shot bosses just with a nuke. Um, <laughs> so, well, actually, they do have that in RS three. What's that thing called? One shot oh, death dart. touch darts. Death, yeah. Oh Jesus yeah. Christ. What? How did that like? Yeah, that that's what you get when there's no polling system. You get shit like yeah. that. You get the yeah. good stuff and you get the insane. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you get some cool stuff. They have total control, and then they get just well, <laughs> so bad. I'd I'd be willing to think that nowadays, a lot of the a lot of the EOC stuff and stuff that went down was like a lack of knowledge about how it would play out. But I I do trust the old school devs enough in today's game to not add shit like that. Yeah. I do I do I do genuinely believe that if polls didn't exist, the direction they take the game might not be. Perfect, but it'd be miles better than what we have with Pauls. Yeah, I prefer like a um, a clean like all around game than um, the craziness that is RS three. As cool as it can be, like yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna have high peaks, but you're gonna have very low lows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one big thing that has like changed my view across the entire game, and one of the reasons why I think that. I didn't agree much with the overall thoughts on your recent vid was because mm -hmm. I've started to look a lot more about how I think the game should really shape up in terms of the maximum enjoyment for the maximum amount of players. And this idea of trying to give ideas that really help uh, center everything on progression and really uh, how to increase specifically new player retention, that one key metric across yeah. the board, which will therefore lead to more growth for Jagex, more development into the team, and ultimately higher content. Instead of wanting to play selfishly and ask for, not saying you are, like, but you know, everyone, everyone votes selfishly. Everyone wants yeah. the thing that they enjoy. And changing my views on like, I want this now, give it to me, and this is what I should have, and this is good, to let's focus entirely, let's, let's remove all of that and focus entirely on Let's try and have good ideas that increase the progression of players in the game, gets them hooked on that feeling and that dopamine and that con constant focus on improving both bank value, uh, game ability, just overall enjoyment, everything. 
And I think this is a super healthy way to view the game. And it changes a lot about, again, how, how I think we should go about doing things, as well as what should be added to the game, what should be worked on, where to spend resources, and all that stuff. It's, it's my one big thing that I am super focused on right now. Um, and everything okay, that so I... Okay, so you're saying yeah, um, overall, like, accessibility uh, is, like, the most important thing, and retaining new players is the most important thing. I watched, yes. your, I watched the bit on your stream that you talked about it, so I, like, mm -hmm. yeah. I think I got your take. Um, a, a lot of people took what I said and just, like, fully ran with it. They're just like, oh, you're just being super selfish. Um, mm -hmm. All you want is content catered to you. Um, and I get how they, like, pulled that away because I wasn't... I, I compared the new, like, boss release to Muzpa because it's, like... Yeah, similar to what it is. I said we got three new Muspas. I, I don't like Duke, so I don't I don't call him a like Duke. Muspa. Sucks, man. <laughs> I've only killed it like ten times. I was like, this is so boring. Um, <laughs> he's Duke. He's Duke is Dukey. Um, <laughs> the the point of the video was that there's a not so small section of the player base that um, wants to see content pushed. Um. And my point was not, oh, every single update needs to be tailored to us. I'm not saying every single boss edition needs to be difficult. I don't think these are bad additions, like the Desert Treasure 2 bosses. I was just disappointed because it's yet again another thing that's like not pushing anything. Nothing wrong with it being added. Um, I, I think you said in your t talk on stream that like one content edition a year and maybe a raid every two years. I think that's what you said, yes, right? Yes, that, that's correct, yeah. I would be so happy with that. Like, that would be perfect. Yeah. Um, and just just throw us a bone once in a while. That's that's all I was yeah. saying. And I also mentioned in the video the idea of the scaling and rage. That's a perfect system. Like, Toa was the perfect opportunity for them to um, implement something that's, like, perfect for everybody. Uh, it can be accessible, and it can be scale up to a nice difficulty for everybody um, and be interesting and, like, something to sink our teeth into. Uh, Toe at a high level is just not enjoyable. It's things defense and health scales, and that's really it. The invocations take away instead of um, adding, for the most part. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's super important. Making sure that things actually don't just detriment from... As you go higher, things shouldn't get more boring. They should be more stimulating. Yes. I think they've learned that, especially from, like, um, hard mode they should have learned a bit from because those mechanics that were added were fairly good, but maybe not quite right. But now the DT2 bosses we have here, the Awakened versions, having increased the mechanics, having almost a different fight to play out. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. for me, Leviathan feels entirely different. Um, I think they've done a good job on that, at least. But I, I appreciate the job, point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you kind of, like, nailed it there with the idea of if we are 5% of the player base, and we're not, we're more like 1%, but let's just say for a second we're 5%. Th that I, should I, mean. I keep having people throwing random numbers at me too. They're like yeah, zero point zero zero zero. It's just so so pointless. Yeah, but yeah, let's just assume for a second we're five percent. Sure. Still a, an, an extreme minority, but there are a lot of people interested in PVM, and there are more people who are pushing to that level over time. So let's let's take five percent to mean those players who are interested in this stuff. Yeah. That means that one in twenty players likes this stuff, and I think that should mean that one in twenty updates should cater to us. That's where I think we should go with it. And mm. yeah, I don't know. Do you think that's fair? Like, I just dis I disagree equating, with that. Equating the updates to the player base. Here, okay. So I'm just gonna share my thought before I let yeah, no go one keep going. But I'm it's thinking. like, <laughs> so I actually said this on my Tob Tuesday appearance with Prison Joe. Um, 
obviously it's like a sort of like edited video. So I didn't get all my thoughts in, into the actual video itself, but it's, he asked like, what, what group of players should we be catering to? Like, yeah. should Jagex be catering to? And I said, there's, there should be like a top down approach where it's like the most dedicated players technically should be the most catered to. And the only reason I say that is be, well, I'll just paint the other picture. Should it be the opposite way where day one players are catered to catered to the most like that would obviously not make any sense we can all agree on that like we the game should not be catered toward just giving updates to the day one plebs i i do actually think it should be Uh, and i can explain it yeah okay explain Um, i'm I'm very what i said before about how i really think it matters to so like it's an old school problem it's this isn't a problem for other games but the reason why is because the majority of players are players who are used to play in the past it's just a fact and the way, the way they advertise the game uh, has been relive the nostalgia. It's this mm-hmm. idea of you played before, you understand the game fundamentally or sort of intimately to a degree, and you miss it. Come back and play it. And the advertising on different sites, and by the way, Sween is doing an insane job with advertising, and it's really good, but the advertising itself is highly targeted, and it doesn't really focus on getting new players into the game. And I want this... Um, I want the overall picture to be seen as one of they need to focus on overall game health and improvements, not just for the next three, four, five years, but like potentially onwards. Because old school has lasted 20 years now, and I think it has potential to continue another 20. I mean, there's no indication that it's slowing down. The concurrent yeah. player base is growing, and the general game health is amazing. So they're doing something right. But what they're not uh, doing, as far as I'm aware, and I'd love to see stats on it, is getting new players who have never touched the concept of RuneScape before into the game. And so having uh, having updates, finally drawing it back, having updates that cater to those players who just started for the first time and really helping them both, both level, if not efficiently, but understanding how to level and moving them through the early game as quickly as possible to get to a stage where they're interested in a specific thing, be it I'm interested in more scaling, I'm interested in more PvP, I'm interested in more PvM. Getting players through that early game stage, especially new players, I think is is fundamental to the long-term game success. And those players oh, will no, eventually for become... For sure, that's super valuable. Yeah, uh, RS3 yeah. has a problem where the interface is just not parsable. Like, you can't... You log into RuneScape 3 and there's like... 40,000 pop-ups in your face. The yep. interface system is actually really good. It's completely customizable. You can do whatever you want with it. But it's, but it's so like, overwhelming. It's so overwhelming as a new player. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to get into. This is a struggle they're that, having. That was my exact... When I when I first logged in on EOC, I, I, I played for a day, thought I'm overwhelmed <laughs> and quit. <laughs> yeah, and that's really, really common. That's the issue yeah. you're having. Yeah. So this is why I mean, like, not not every update, but I think a lot of work needs to go into helping those players move into a stage where they're actually wanting to play the game. Um, one really interesting thing about both advertising and getting players to stick around, that retention stat, is that if you want someone to do something or you're interested in getting to advertise to people, one advertisement will not get people to click it. But two might give them a good chance, and three drastically increases the chances of them clicking on it. Much in the same way that if you introduce content to new players and you have this first iteration of, let's say, forestry, and ignore ignore the actual updates themselves, but like imagine a new player can 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 participate with it. If you give them forestry for the first time, they might be like, "That's kind of cool. I enjoyed the social aspect, and my woodcutting XP seemed pretty good." And then you don't give them any more updates after that point in time. They're just like, "Now what do I do? I'm kind of you know, I don't know where to go." But if you release more content, or especially at low level, like let's say from levels twenty to fifty, 
that they can actively participate in. Let's say Temporos was actually like level 20 accessible. Now you have something that they're going to go to and get this second dose of dopamine, that second sort of latch-on moment where they actually start enjoying the game and see more for what it is and the progression. And then you do it a third time and a fourth time, and you keep adding these low-level updates. I actually think that makes a huge difference in exactly the same way the advertising grip does to get those players motivated to not just sit down and maybe do one bit of content, but lots of it and explore more of it because they're enjoying it. That's See, my whole thing on it. Though. I, I, I agree yeah. with most of that. Um, yeah. The problem with me or the problem that I see is that like, well, first of all, they did a fantastic job with Desert Treasure 2 and Mod Ed painted it really clearly in the last Save cast where he was just saying like, we needed to start pushing the difficulty of these quest bosses. Like mm -hmm. there are some, there's a big number of players that don't care about hard things in this game. They just want to play RuneScape for chilling out, gaining XP and just relaxing basically. Um, so, you know, there's that concern of like, oh, this is too difficult. But I think they nailed it where it's only a one-time completion. Just finish it. It is a grandmaster level quest. And you're finally introducing pretty tough mechanics to mid game people that are entering the mid game and realizing like, okay like this is actually gonna give me i think the desert treasure 2 bosses like all four of them are pushing like that window into like getting good and getting prepared for inferno and raids and things like that because they are just solo variants you're learning really key mechanics and that's a really good thing the the problem is catering towards day one noobs and stuff and just trying to artificially get them to a certain stage really quickly where they really haven't learned much and now they're just in this mid-game gray area where they just got zoomed past it zoom past all like the the tough challenging things in the early game or not tough challenging but just just the grind like you have to I don't know. It's like an expression of like, I'm willing to grind. I'm willing to push through this. And I feel like that kind of builds character <laughs> in a way where like uh, now you're willing to, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's tough I, for me. I to grant like, it makes you, it yeah, introduces you it. to a more like, that's the experience we all had playing when we were young, right? Yeah. That's like you, you grind a bit, you get results, you get the dopamine and ultimately RuneScape is a grind game. But I just don't really believe that the first 50 levels do anything more than stagnate pro that, that than like stagnate progress for players who like don't know how to train them. There aren't good skill guides. There aren't good, like maybe no, an that's a thing that can be about. helped. That that's definitely a thing yeah. that can be. But catering towards updates. Uh, so one of my problems is like forestry. Forestry is a bad update in my opinion. Just overall bad because yeah, the entire incentive is just oh this is going to make woodcutting faster. So it's going to just make your whole experience just faster. It, it makes it more interactive though. It's the Maybe worst the interaction thing, ever. It's the it's just the worst I form of interaction, though. Well, the, Maybe the thing in my video too is it killed Sulia steps. So I don't know if it even necessarily does. It's like it's replaced a lot of things. So it's like it's, it's replaced arguable. stuff. But the, it's definitely so. It's definitely more interactive. And the question is, do you more, like the interaction? It's more interactive, but it's like the worst form of interaction. It's just like saying Giants Foundry is a good update because there's some interactions. Like it's just such a shitty. Wait, and, and the thing, the problem is that most people just see it as, oh, this, it, it's almost like we're so close-minded. We're like pigeonholed into like, this is all it could have ever been. So it's either this or that. It's like one or the other. Like, why not just come out with a woodcutting update that's genuinely fun and genuinely like good and maybe doesn't just destroy what woodcutting was for 22 years? Well, 
What's a good example of how that could change for the better then? Well, one is not just completely revolutionizing the entire skill where now every single thing is forestry. That, so that's we keep the base one. tree mechanic. We keep the base tree mechanics, but where do we go in terms of they, they trying to make it more enjoyable? The greatest thing that forestry did was changing tree mechanics. The events, oh, really? the events yeah. are the biggest problem. Like, yeah, the, the tree mechanics are fantastic. If that's all forestry was, was, hey, hey, when you have 10 people chopping this tree, you're going to get a little bit of a buff, and all these trees won't just despawn by having more people. That would have been just a phenomenal update. Yeah. Like, that alone. <laughs> but, I'm surprised, but I, I agree, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the events are really what just feels like Toontown. Like, imagine they did that with every... This is the fear. It's like people see it as this is... Toontown. It, it's Toontown yeah. because people are genuinely advocating for this to happen with mining and fishing and everything. Like, they want, so you're just mining anything and like, ooh, a new event, like, click this, click this. It's just like, this is literally for babies. This is... We get Vardorvis it, uh, capture pop-up that gets you bonus mining XP plus 2K. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, worried, I'm worried about, like, the toddler-esque <laughs> just activities of it. Like, you're not... Put, this is another thing that I think is... <laughs> is pigeonholing the player base and the just the team in general is skilling is seen as this needs to be accessible to everyone day one and it needs to be the easiest boring bullshit of all time and then pvm can do whatever they want that that can be the challenging stuff i wish skilling i wish they would start seeing how amazing sepulcher was and start going down that route where you're actually coming out with meaningful skilling updates that are pushing your skill a little bit even I think it's really tricky to do it for most skills. Obviously, agility ties into movement so well, which is why Sepulchre is incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I find it very tricky to understand how maybe Herblore could, or like just a skill like Herblore, which is ultimately making potions in cool yeah. combinations, how no, that no, could that... be something more, I guess. That's, that's, yeah, there, there are, there, there are some skills that really don't need to be changed fundamentally. I think Herblore, Fletching, like these kind of things that are just, just traditional bank standing skills. I think that's totally fine. I think thieving mm -hmm. is the most. Thieving like, has the second most. The I think clearest, agility. Thieving, like yeah. you could do something with it. I'm surprised they picked woodcutting first to like overhaul before thieving, because like thieving just feels terrible. Yeah. Like okay, just imagine this. Imagine. I, I try to paint this picture. I'm terrible at trying to explain these things in words. But imagine something that's as 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 much flow as four to one ohm, but now it's you got f you know a few different rocks that you're mining and it's in this perfect flow where you're not having to do some stupid knife log bullshit but you're staying in this rhythm where you're mining these minerals and you got to keep this flow and if you lose the flow then you start losing a bunch of ticks and you're like oh crap i gotta get back into the cycle get back in the cycle and now there let's say there's i don't know falling rocks so now it's not just completely brain dead <laughs> but you got some falling rocks falling <laughs> on you and you got to keep up this rhythm so now it's like wow i actually got I got this fun thing going where I'm gaining XP, having a good time, and there's a little bit of interaction going on. Instead of it just being like, click this object, click this object, like fucking Winter Todd, like click the brazier, click back on the roots. It's like, Jesus Christ, this is so boring. Oh. How does um, Giant's Foundry not quite fill that, right? Because it's an attempt at it, but it doesn't seem that it's gone down too well with high-level skillers. Yeah. The, but, it seems, but it seems to give interaction, so... The, the, sure the problem is, is the devs don't understand the beauty and rhythm and predictable resource extraction like they don't understand that they they see that they're starting to see it but they're not actually grasping it it's just like oh click this object click this object there's no flow to it there's no real meaning there's no 
there's no beauty in it, as cringe as that sounds, but like there, you gotta, I don't know, there's something to tick manipulation methods. The, the problem with tick manipulation methods, and I even made a, a thread on this on Twitter, is like the biggest problem is carpal tunnel inducing shit, like where you're just having to constantly click two items over and over to keep up this rhythm. Imagine you just got rid of that, like get rid of all the wrist breaking shit and just focus on the beauty of rhythm and flow in these skilling methods. That's, I think the, the way we have to go with skilling in my personal opinion. I, I do like the idea. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing some like actual real big conceptual thing drawn up for a skill. I, it's hard to imagine though is the problem, I guess. I, I actually, I don't, I don't know how you're going to, I would love to design a skill. The thing is, like, I'd, I'd be willing to put in some time. It's just going to be tough because I'm not an artist, and I would need to yeah. like hire somebody to basically express what I want to see. But I would love it if Jagex came out with new player design content because I, I swear there is so much potential for skilling, and it's just not being seen by anybody. I mean, there's got to be something there because so many people do 200 mil all, and I get it. Maybe autism slash just like it's locked in a room with it, but yeah. th there's th there's something more there, right? That people actually do enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's my little rant. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, that I, I know neither of you are skillers, but wouldn't it be cool if there was some like really challenging skilling content that came out? Like imagine a sepulcher on steroids that's not XP based. You still get a little bit of XP, but it's it's truly just, you know, you get some un sick untradeable rewards and it's a skilling update. Like, I don't know. I think that would just be so cool to start going down that route of challenging skilling. I'm, I'm down to see it and try it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah the, the design process is very tricky for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Let's it's going to be like adding the chambers of skilling, you know? Yeah. yeah. You don't know until you just, they deliver. Uh-huh. Let's talk about Comp Cape. Mm -hmm. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I was going for Comp Cape before I quit. Um, comp Cape, I think that it doesn't require it anymore. It requires a, it required a kill of every single boss. Um, and I wasn't big into team raiding, so I wasn't ever to, able to get a team together to kill Yakamaru, I remember. Um, but there was a ton of things on there that's, like, utter cancer. Um, I think the worst was, oh, what's it called, the Lunar Farm thing. I can't even remember what it's called. Uh, you, like, unlocked mage spells there. It's it's basically like Tithe Farm. It's, like, grow things and then <laughs> cast Humidify God. on them. And then you basically you had to do that for 20 hours until you unlocked all the spells. So it'd be, like... If you had to get all the unlocks from Tide Farm, that'd be Comp Cape. Not okay. quite the same. It'd be worse than that. But Just quick interruption. I'm sorry about this. This is exactly what I mean. So imagine Tide Farm. This is just going back to the little skilling thing I had. <laughs> imagine Tide yeah. Farm, but they actually designed it meaningfully, where it's not like just moving a, you know, like a couple tiles over and spending time watering but, but imagine it was fast paced like boom 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 it's a two tick rhythm just you're going back and forth back and forth and it's meaningfully designed to just be addictive like tithe farm could be so much better than it is right now but you just whoever the hell designed that shit just had doesn't so understand what fun is i'm sorry <laughs> it needs to be said though that place is a shit show oh, it's it's horrible it's like i feel fucking like sulfur mining like who the hell came I, up with that I feel like there's rhythm at Tithe Farm, but it's just slow. It's the worst it's, type of rhythm. It, it, it's too slow to be something that you like get into a get into like a groove for. Exactly. It's and, not meaningfully designed. Yeah. 
maybe, maybe the trick is like it doesn't feel right for stuff to just grow rapidly or like be planted within a tick, you know? And maybe that's like a limitation on sort of the what's what's the word for this? Like how how you feel like the world is. Yeah. Sort of the yeah. Um, yeah. I've lost the word, but anyway, keep going. I, I, I get um, the point though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with comp tape, okay. I feel like we effectively have, like, we have Zuck Helmet. We have a bunch of things that effectively are comp cape or have become that in addition to it. Uh, comp cape RS3 is just completion of everything, ideally. It's like, do a bunch of mini games, um, get all your skills maxed, do all your quests, do all your diaries, get all the music tracks, that kind of thing. Um, we have a lot of, like, untradeable, like, aspirational stuff. Um, the question is, does that add anything to know that? I don't know. I did not so, find it fun to go for at all in RS3. I can say that. So l let me ask you the big question. Should a comp cape be introduced into old school? I think no, because this is the problem they've been running into as well. Um, they, they've been having to design stuff around comp capes existence. Um, it's a good example. Uh, oh, they had a couple of things that they couldn't like. Like, you can't ever make a boss too hard if it requires all the boss kills because yep. it's not fair. Like, if Awaken Leviathan is required for comp cape, is that fair, like, to all the people who have comp cape? So you, now you have to, like, cater to this, like, group of people who have this cape and are going to be mad if you take it away. You constantly have to keep that in, in mind. It's not just, like, a thing you're like, oh, here you go. You guys can go for it if you want. It's now a thing you have to, like, keep up with. Yeah. Is, is that worth it? I don't know. There's very distinct disciplines in game. PvP, PvP, PvM, and skilling, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a couple more little ones, but role like... playing. <laughs> role playing, and and fundamentally, if you bring a comp cape in, you cannot please all three disciplines. No. And while there's always going to be some crossover, it's like, is is it really you know, you, you can't please everyone. Do you please the majority? Do you please like the PvMers since it's perhaps the largest portion? Um, how do you how the hell do you even do that? It's it's doesn't even make sense really. I think one good idea is. And this is a, this is again dependent on them not making some boss like ridiculous like you need awakened leviathan for comp cape okay and it's in it's in ca like okay yeah. but what if they add a comp cape that is just like all the base things quest cape music cape achievement diaries core and favor maxed and maybe gm cas maybe and then from there you have flavors of cape so you have one that is orientated to skilling one orientated to pvm and pvp and then you can have you can have those distinct capes and you can trim them as you do more things within this. Like maybe the CA reward tiers allow you to adjust your cape based on that. Maybe as your progress to 4.6 increases, you adjust your skilling cape based on that. Maybe your kills or your progress in different PvP areas adjust your cape like that. And so having having the base cape be like the end all as far as what it does, and then giving players the choice to choose how they want to change that cape, but not making some overall cape that combines all three. You have to choose a disciplined look for your cape. That sounds like a decently fair way to do it that caters to everyone. Thoughts? The thing, the thing you have to keep in mind, too, um, things like pets that are like cosmetic, they don't really matter. They do affect things. Even if you th you're like, oh, it's just a cosmetic thing. Um, the, the implications of adding a pet to something does affect things. I've seen people suggest things like, let's add a Barrow's pet. And it's like, God. if you add a Barrow's pet, <laughs> that instantly ruins that moneymaker for any low level. Yeah. It, it's now grinded by high levels. That's what Barrow's becomes if you add a Barrow's pet. I, I saw someone at a ridiculous extreme too on Reddit suggest a Konar chest pet. So now you encourage all the high levels to kill worms and drop the price of harpoons. Uh, anything that you give something that's like 
cosmetic and something you show off. Now high levels are doing it. So that's the thing you have to keep in mind. It's true. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm against comp cape personally. I've been against it. I think the reason, the simple reason is that it discourages updates. Like it, it literally makes people vote no to things simply because it means yes. they have to now do this to keep their cape. So that is just a detriment. Now, I have always been a huge fan of the collection log book where that is that is basically like the comp cape. It's like a, a different version. Obviously, there's Zuck Helmet, which is arguably already kind of like a comp thing for PVM. There would just be a collection log book where it upgrades every 100, uh, a new like look to it. And the the reason this is so good is because first of all comp cape is so hard to say what the limits are like what do you actually need to do to get it with the collection log book you know exactly what you can do and every 100 you're going to upgrade your book and so it literally is encouraging updates because now it's like oh i really want to get to that next 100 slot and this new update's being pulled like i actually want this to come out because it'll make me getting to that next milestone actually a little bit easier technically I think um, that's technically the way. It's yeah, it's definitely know. better than Comp Cape because it's like you can go at it at your own pace and there's no like clear end goal. Yeah. But like I said, it's still that problem. If you start giving cosmetic for Clog, then you're encouraging people to go do it. And if, if, if you added a cosmetic for the collection log, so many more people would be doing it. So many more. I feel like you, so many people it, already are already doing it though. That's the I, it, would, it would quintuple, maybe more. The amount mm. of people doing it. Okay. So the question is, is that okay that you now have a bunch of people going and getting mossy keys and taking down the, the price of Briafita staff? Is it okay that they're yes. going out in droves <laughs> and um, <laughs> clogging everything? I don't know. It's a thing to keep in mind. No, you're it's you're good. right. But it's the, a good point. But the thing with clog is it's everything in the game. Yeah, like, it's playing the game. It's just playing the it, game. It, it's, it's like saying, is it bad for people to play the game? It's like, no, but... Yeah, the, exactly. the point is valid, right? It's it's more so a thing where like specific things within the clog that are easier to farm for slots are going to be more commonly farmed. So the things that are in that position yes. are going to get destroyed, and the things that are extremely difficult are going to be left to last. It still encompasses like everything, so people are still going to do more of everything. But those things in particular, as you said, are going to get killed. Yeah. Um, maybe no, that's I a mean, bad thing. That that is just the problem with collection log in general. Like, just the simple fact that you get number go up by doing something you wouldn't normally have done anyway. That's the main um, problem. I, I'm so big on that as far as, like, a detriment to it in the sense that there are so many things that are fun to do in-game, but there are so many things that we individually hate. And yet, Clog, bec clog because it encompasses everything, you yeah. will find yourself, if you care about Clog, doing things you hate. And Ex that, to exactly. me, is bad. It is yes. bad. I mean, that's that's what happened with Max Cape. When Max Cape came out... People now that hated skilling need to go skill. And that's what's literally... People hate skilling. Because now you're like basically it. forced to do it. Because you have this huge incentive to do it. And now they're mm -hmm. incorporating skilling into PVM. Where it's like, oh, you're trolling if you don't have 99 mining at TOA. Yeah. It's like, that, that's the biggest the fuck? <laughs> that's the biggest difference between Com Cape and Clog is the fact that this the Cape is incentive. Whereas finishing the Clog is like up to you and you don't get anything for it. You yeah. get the flex to what you've done, but it's your own choice. For a comp cape, people say you have a choice for it, you don't. If it, if it exists, you'll go for it. The ultimate extreme, and I think they removed this step, for trimmed comp cape, I think it was, you need every single reward from Castle Wars 
Um, yeah. Jesus I think Christ. you needed to own them all at the same time. You can't even sell it back. Oh. So it, it was like a, God. I think, literally 4,000 hours of AFM God. to get tickets. That's, that's absurd. Like, that's absurd. That was one of the things for Trimmed Comp. Now, trimmed Comp Cape is different. It just gives you a little trail. It wasn't required for the full cape, but still, it's like you're forced to do a thing that you hate. Nobody enjoyed that. <laughs> Holy shit. You see, that's a pro. Yeah, that's, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Comp Cape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already not a fan of I'm not a fan of things being given perks. I think that's the main thing. Like if we could go back in time, I honestly wish the Maxcape had never had perks. It, it's okay to have a Maxcape, but I think the oh, perks is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine and the CM cape had perks. Like the like you know, like the Yes, yes, please. I have one. Yeah, but now <laughs> yeah. you're gonna get people. Yeah. Now CMs are gonna get made easier and easier and easier because everyone needs it because it's this new best in slot cape. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a tricky slippery slope as well. Encouraging people to do things is a thing you got to keep in mind, for yeah. sure. Totally. One thing if you choose, another thing if there's incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, quickly going back to the awakened bosses. Will a hardcore <laughs> ever get Blood Torva? Yes. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. They're um, uncheated. Today, this is the... yes. So yeah. it is four days since release of Awakened Bosses. Uh, there are four Iron Men who have Blood Torva as of today, and probably maybe more at this point. Maybe like five or six. Yeah. Each of them took approximately ten to twenty orms total, and it's the start of seeing the limited accounts get this stuff. Um, I'm imagining the likes of Lake and Puggin to be like at that caliber where they could do it. Just to name two, there's plenty of people. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously you have to own a hardcore, which is a bit of a blocker for a lot of people who don't have one. But in terms of those who could do it, yes. Now the methods are out. Now now the information's out. It can happen. It's extremely hard, but yeah. yeah. Because it's, Leviathan it's... is 100% consistent, methods will come out to yeah. do it consistently. And it can be practiced on a different account. So that's yeah. true. For sure. Yeah, that's going to be if tough. If it was a case where it uh, wasn't consistent, then changes things. But The nerves, yeah. man. Just the fucking nerves walking in. <laughs> and you're at the very yeah. end of Leviathan, and you're just, like, shaking. Like, oh, my God. You'd have to do hundreds of hours. I mean, the, the guys who've done Mutz and Praiseworth, the guys who've done the Hydro task on Hardcore, mm -hmm. they practiced for so long on me. Yeah. So long. But, but it's consistent. You can practice it. Yeah. And so if you can practice it, it's doable. Yeah. It's true. I would love to see Mutz... If if Mutz gets Blood Torva, he he will definitely claim the throne of the greatest hardcore of all time. I, I think it might actually top solo top. Sorry, cold. Oh, it, it's yeah. very oh, yeah. it's very close, but I think it's it's it, it tops better. it. Yeah, it would top it. Yeah, and especially because Mutz already has a Zuck helmet, which is just insane. I mean, one of two. Yeah. What the fuck? That's insane. Yeah. The Zarkom is not as insane as it sounds. I, I still think like the Hydra task is terrifying. Um, yeah. And there are like maybe four or five tasks that are terrifying. But the rest of them aren't that bad. The biggest struggle is just getting the gear. Like, That's I know, it. That, I know Praiseworth yeah. struggled with Nightmare because he didn't have the gear to kill it yeah. fast enough. Exactly. So. No, I think... Build, build, build the account, get the gear, and then... Begin it's that. a huge it. amount of gear you need it, to get It's all of those so three things. Just, it's just, yeah. yeah, like you said, it's like building an account to that point in the first place and then not yeah. dying, getting all this gear, and then not dying doing any of the tasks. The only thing that's... Well, the, the thing that will never be done, and I 
I will, I mean, I will literally put money on the line on this one. Is no group hardcore will ever get a suck helmet. There's just no way. Wait, why is that? Because if you die oh, at think- six chads, if you die in Inferno, if you die in Chambers, oh, yeah, yeah. if you die in anything, yeah. you lose your status. Um, I think with the right players, it can be done, but it, it's not likely the right I mean, group is going to come along. It's feasible on paper. It's possible on paper, of course, but yeah, it's not going to be done. Reality, you're not finding the group to do it. Yeah. 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 But hell, I mean, someone try, please. God, I'd love to see it. That would be so insane. <laughs> you know? hands is, um, my hands don't work as trying to do Blood Torver. I'd love to see that. He is. <sighs> yeah. He rec- I, I said it's like it's possible you can do it. He's like, okay, well, you know, we'll try it. Yeah, he asked me I, too. I'm like, yeah, send it, man. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, watch it, bro. I, he'll get it. I reckon he'll. It might take a year. It might take two. He'll get yeah, it. Yeah, might. I'm confident. Okay, one of the things you uh, put down, Addy, was should Jagex give old items more use on purpose? And the biggest thing I see is inquis base basically nightmare items, inquisitors and harmor. Nightmare items and maybe scythe mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Big enough topic, a lot of people discussing recently. Um, and again, a lot of people sort of maybe somewhat disappointed that Scyther wasn't extremely good at DT2 places. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yes, they should try and keep best in slot of raid items alive. But at the end of the day, Scythe should probably have a bit more use. Um, that being said, I think that there's going to be a bit of a shift, especially for Scythe, where Players who grow up at TOA as their first raid, TOA babies, if that's what you'd like to call them. <laughs> um, those TOA babies are going to graduate to PVM school, and they're going to get bored of TOA and go to Chambers. And when they're done with Chambers, they might consider Infernal, and maybe at some point they're going to go to top. And it's one of those great things that comes from having that accessibility where people are getting to the stage where they're good enough to try new things and want a bit of a challenge and eventually will start top. So Scythe is going to go up in price because at some point those people are going to want to go to top and try it out and give it a whirl, and they're going to want Scythe to do it. So I'm not as worried about Scythe compared to the other two items. Um, and not to mention there's like 15k Scythes in-game compared to like 30k Tebos and 35k Shadows. So like when those players get there, there's a lot of Scythes to be got to bring it to a place where it's going to be like super low forever. It's going to rise in price is what I predict, basically. Hmm. But in Quiz and Harm... Um, I mean, where is Inquis used? CM, Knight, uh, Fasani, and maybe Serb, if no Tebow? Yeah, I think Serb. It's, and, it's, and then, it's CM armor. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. And then Harm is like PvP and Ice Demon. Ice Demon. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's two places for it. Um, and it was like, you know, up until Shadow, Harm was technically best in slot for a lot of PvM stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Like, Maybe there has to be more to do with designing these items and having to fill a good niche that isn't going to get swamped over in the next like six months since after release. Maybe they need to consider an actual buff. Maybe maybe it, I don't know. I don't know if it really really matters, but I don't think they should let stuff die until it's been in the game for like at least a year. There has to be some like really nice niches for it. I, I think just, this this yeah. revolves around like better item design and better planning though. That's that's so really than, what it is. It's yeah. just planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Inquisitors should be buffed. Yeah, Ink is Ink is Addy armor, like literally for defense bonuses, and it's it adds like usually three percent accuracy to hammer. It's like so, and that's what it is. It's it's hammer buff armor. That's it. Yeah. That's all it's for. That's what it's for in CMs. It just lets you land hammers. It needs uh, to be a hundred percent 
hammer spec. Like if you're specking um, with a dragon warhammer with full inquisitors, I think you should guarantee you should guarantee get the damage or sorry defense reduction. I was I was saying that too, but like if you think about it, the issue with that is you now can um, bring hammer and three way ink, and you can do it at any boss, even if it's like a ranged or mage based boss. You can just bring hammer, three way ink, and you can land it every time. You don't need a potion. I think if they were gonna do something like that, you make it like a a point on your crush bonus. Um, where if you're wearing ink as well, then it's guaranteed. It's getting a little bit complicated though now. It's getting a little into the territory of like Fang working only in Toa, which I don't like. Yeah. Um, One um, good solution for Inquisitor, I think, is to is to base the accuracy of the hammer based on your uh, crush bonus, so that if you reach a certain threshold, now your hammers land, yeah, forcing players to do saying. correct gear switches, forcing players to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like, like that. Re really full sending that, but also not just that, but for new content. Um, you can you can have some really interesting mechanics based around overall accuracy or accuracy times damage. Intent P2 Warden formula and stuff. Also, <laughs> like, I'll be honest, um, I still don't think it's a problem, even if you were to cheese a three-way or a four-way switch. It, it would change the meta at a bunch of bosses is the concern yeah. for balancing. And it's also a thing, like we were talking about earlier with Shadow, Tebow, Fang dichotomy. Now this is a thing you have to keep in mind as well. You can now land a hammer at every single boss with a four-way switch. So now you have to keep that in mind. Okay. So if they want to avoid that, you That's, just add a crush yeah. threshold. What if you do crush threshold based on NPC defense as well? You take the two together. You can do that. Yep. It's starting Maybe to get a little complicated though. So yeah, I it don't is. Know. That, that's a good point. So yeah, is. what if it was just full inquisitors gives 100% more accuracy when specking with a dragon warhammer? Something that's very significant where it's like, okay, it's, this it's, is it's better. Actually going to, that would work. to just be a lot no. better. <laughs> Not, not that they're ever going to do it, but I wish that Warhammer Warhammer reduced defense based on your crush accuracy versus their defense, oh, which is imagine. a mouthful. That's a mouthful, but that's also a really sick way to go about doing it. Yeah, if it, it did more drain with more crush bonus, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Also, that's just, that's just an idea for new weaponry, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to that Fang thing, where like the Fang is still really good in TOA, but just nowhere else. That is just another thing where if. Fang had just been originally charged with like two wrath runes per hit or some sort of charge mechanic where it's literally on par with a scythe where it's like both of these weapons cost both of them have a cost to use and there is a niche for each then that would have it just literally would not have been a problem like it could have still been a very powerful weapon with a constant cost and they they didn't need to nerf it outside of the outside of the raid either in my opinion i think that would have been really cool personally i'm, I'm, I'm definitely down to have more things have charges i'm still not like i'm not sure i'm fully convinced that I'm it sure that's really the solve. solve the big problems yeah. yeah it's not it's like the band-aid not the yeah. you got a broken bone sticking out here i i don't i don't even think it's a band-aid i think that is the way to solve um weapons really? i think charged weapons I think if if anything should be charged, it should be weapons. Don't let gear be degradable. Don't let gear be charged. Just let it be weapons only. Make everything very streamlined, where everything can hold a hundred thousand charges. Get, in my personal opinion, right. get rid of the vials of blood from the scythe and make it so scythe is charged with a hundred thousand charges, blood runes only. It solves it for Iron Man. It doesn't solve it for mains though. Like, yeah. What, no, what no, does? Man. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Evolve. Well, no mentioned before, it was like the economy shifts. Blood runes yeah. went from 250, or like not 250, but like 400 even to, two, well, to that, 200. That's an and, I, over, that's, and over time, they're going to change a lot. That's Jagex just dumping blood runes into every new piece of content because the entire community was complaining about the scythe price. Like that, that's literally the problem is like everybody wanted to use a scythe for everything. And so we just kept crying to Jagex for them to come out with blood runes for every single piece of content. Now every single piece of content drops hundreds or thousands of blood runes on some drops. And it's just even, ridiculous. Even an item like blood vials has gone up like five times in, I don't know how much it is, a lot, of, a lot in price. They're very expensive these days. And mm -hmm. it's not because of something they did. It's because less people are doing TOB and there's more demand for things they're used in. It's, it's just a constant give and take it's just like the economy does what the economy does yeah i, I wouldn't even I be I, okay yeah go for it I, I just think it's very difficult to control ultimately yeah it, it is would have to be extremely well tailored and across lots of new items coming in it's going to be almost impossible i'd say i don't even think it's difficult to control i mean jagex has full control on how many pieces of content blood runes are dropping from if they wanted to just increase the price arbitrarily they just stop just nerf some well first of all they've already done it to so many bosses where now it's kind of going to be hard but if their entire desire was to kind of control this price just make it so certain bosses aren't just shitting out runes all the time i'd be down to see it for future items it definitely depends on the item they choose to charge it with though you know what would be cool is if actually what if it was charged with coins just straight up GP. You just charge. <laughs> you just charge. Os, great, yeah. You charge us Mumpton's Fang. It can hold up to a hundred mil in it, and every attack is one k GP. Every every hit. That'd be yeah, fun. And, and it never got nerfed, so it's a super powerful weapon. One k per hit. There you go. As long as you theme, as long as you theme the item like a fucking money item yeah, that just exactly. holds and yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you theme it, like it's a cool idea for sure. Yeah. Or you can have it be a thing that a vendor sells uh, that's just bought from them with gold. Yes. If you that, that's a way that to... Way. That yeah. That's, that's the lore behind it. There you go. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, I wish Inquisitors would get buffed. All those orbs are just weird. They're kind of like just... I, Eldritch is good now, but the other two are just for PvP. Volatile is funny. I see people using Volatile at Whisper. It's like, you know that's like... 20% better than a regular shadow cast, right? It's like, yeah. probably not worth bringing, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> is it actually better than a shadow cast? Because it has shit I think accuracy. A tiny bit, yeah. just because okay. it's accurate. Oh, yeah. it is accurate. It, it, yeah. it has boosted accuracy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Okay. I don't bring it personally either. I don't bring Eldritch or it. I just, I just take like restores and anglers and chomp. And it's like, okay. Mm. 
<laughs> it's a shame, but it's nice actually not having a boss you have to spec at. I, quite I like bring it. I bring Scepter and a small ZCB switch. That's been working for me. I, I've missed like 15 ZCBs in a row with a five-way and a pot, so I dropped I it. Had, I had a good chunk of them, but... <laughs> Just what unlucky. Are, what are you guys' thoughts on Ruinous Powers being scrapped? You want to go? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was disappointing pointing to see them um drop it so i think it for the it was the right call because they didn't have they had a strict deadline with desert treasure 2 it was getting way too close with the second beta and they had way too much to change with it for them to get it ready in time it's still disappointing that they like dropped it really quickly i feel like i think there was it a lot was of the right... a lot of potential for sure i think i agree with the potential but i think it was also the right choice to drop it yeah. I would love to see them introduced from Raids 4 or a similar like high-level place. Um, but definitely the, the balance of them, the fact that it wasn't like pleasing enough people and all that. Um, and the fact that we did actually have rewards lined up. It wasn't as if there was like DT2 is not rewardless now. It just has a bit less. And ultimately not introducing something that it just power crept items like across the board for essentially no reason is good, I think. Yeah. So. Okay, I agree with Mod Ed on this, where I think the God alignment prayers would actually be better than an entirely new prayer book. I, I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, you I, guys I like saw it. the post, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like it, but what it ultimately comes down to is assigning actual mechanics to the prayers. How do they fundamentally work? Yeah, because the DT DT two prayers on their own, um, you can pick any given one out, and it's not really that bad. But when you when you actually like. You can say, like, give me God prayers, but what exactly do they do? And when I read through the Reddit post, I, I, I don't have it at hand, but if, if I read through the Reddit post and go, go through each one, I can either say overpowered, broken, won't work, and I can very clearly go through that. And last time I did it, it was like, you really don't have much to work with here. Yeah. It's just very tricky to add them through, uh, to add them in. Hmm. It's a great idea, but yeah. but so is the base spellbook, and it's just about finding the right things that don't break too much of the game. But if you're gonna add enough do to something like, uh, let's say it's an alignment that gives you four prayers at the bottom, right? If you're mm -hmm. gonna add something like that, you make it have like one overhead that's a buff of some kind, and then three like passive prayers, whatever you want. Maybe like one is an offensive, and two are like passive, so you can have one. That's the kind of thing you go for. Overheads are really that that was the whole like gambit was the coolest like idea with that whole prayer book with the idea of flicking an overhead in between your protection prayers That's like the easiest way to add skill in the game that they could just like do mm -hmm. and having some different ones would be really cool Not soul split though. Please don't add soul split <laughs> Yeah, I think... I'd like to see I'd like to see the scale of using prayers in between your protection prayers. That was really fun to use Yeah, I love I'm... I love the idea of Small one. I love the idea of I was thinking hard mode Leviathan would throw like a purple orb at you and you have to have no prayer on instead of a prayer on, Ooh, which is the same oh, thing. Oh shit! But a, a, but a reverse system, which is also really cool. Yeah, that's cool too. And that, that doesn't require cool. you doesn't require you to add a new prayer, just Turn adjustment to boss mechanic, which yeah. is that's a nice way of doing it. Should do. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Or they should have added smite and redemption ones as well. So now you have <laughs> yeah. six. Holy oh, shit! <laughs> Turn them do off. Do the whole damn yeah. spellbook. No, actually, no, no. You got seven because of redemption too. Just make yeah. sure you don't accidentally redemption. Um, uh, okay, so one of my ideas, so this is kind of in regards to Gambit. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm, I came out with a ramble a few months ago just talking about, like, little prayers I would want. One of them is Judgment, just one that's purely accuracy-based. It would what be something... What exactly does it do? It would just be, like, something extreme, like 50% or even higher accuracy 
potentially on all styles. So this is under the assumption that Augury gets a change as well. Currently, I just wish Augury had some sort of just like nerf a cult a little bit and add like 2% damage to Augury. Like just yeah. something yeah, where it's that. not just an accuracy prayer. Um, so this is under that assumption. So judgment would be a prayer that's similar to piety. You can't obviously have two of them on at once. So you would just choose judgment. That would be for like Warhammers and stuff. So imagine Inquisitors had that 100% buff on top of judgment. Now you're just literally hammering everything. Um, and then the other one was this prayer called, it would either be called like bulwark or something like that, where it's just this prayer where you are just a tank and that would be something where you flick. So like you're praying piety and then you turn on like the bulwark prayer, which is right underneath it. And that would be like 50% or even higher defense. Um, something where like you're, you can flick this and you're getting actually a significant more amount of defense. So it's just something where like you don't need to ever do it. But if you really just want to put in a little bit more effort on some bosses, you can, um, you know, something like that. And then I think those are the main two. And then I, I do think that, you know, some God alignment stuff would be kind of cool as long as it doesn't get too convoluted. They'd have the defense, to specify. Yeah. The defense one is with, with the prayers that you're flicking to, they have to feel like they're doing something, but they also have to not feel necessary. So having it do things like increase your defense or increase your accuracy are good. It's when you start adding things like damage that it feels like yeah. necessary to use everywhere. Yeah. So exactly. that's when people don't like it. So like that's one, of the vows, one of the vows is like flat 2% damage, and it's like players might yeah. use this. No, they're going to use it all the time. And now they're <laughs> they will use it always because it. it's yeah. damage. Yeah. 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 Can't have that. Well, I mean, if if they were okay, so imagine this. Imagine instead of God alignment, there is just so imagine right below piety, rigor, and augury. There's three new prayers. One of them's judgment. One of them's the bulwark prayer, and then one of them can be like swapped out, and it would be like uh, maybe four different ones. One of them is like a passive healing effect where you know just very minimal, like one percent something healing. One of or maybe even a little bit more. You got to. We would have to talk about it. Where it's like maybe there is one that's an extra percentage of damage. One of them is two percent extra healing. One of them's potentially I don't know. Fucking do something else. I, little teeny things where you actually would have a decision to be made. Like, do you want to stay here longer and have a little bit of healing? Fundamentally, within PVM, it comes down to DPS, and almost all content revolves around how much you can do. There's not many places you tank. There's not many places you need HP regen. Yep. Um, the the problem with it's tricky sustain and defense is if you just kill the boss faster, it stops hitting you. Exactly. So is that defense is defense. defense you gain worth the lost time? Probably not. Almost ever, and it isn't ever worth it. You always want to kill the boss faster, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So. No, and that that would that's the problem with an entirely new prayer book in the first place is that simple contract of everything's black and white. It's like, is it doing more damage or is it not? Right. Yep. There are still speaking. some. There are still useful effects like the, the defense. Uh, defense reduced over time per hit prayer. One of the vows cool. was great. Well, they're, mm -hmm. they're cool. Um, I just think prayers have to avoid doing more damage directly. That's okay. the main thing. Prayers themselves, uh, the offensive ones, that's their job. As soon as Giving other prayers that do that, damage, it's not going to work. Yeah, as soon as it adds damage, it's necessary. So yeah. is it fun to use that thing that requires that is required? That's the that's the issue. It has to be fun. Okay, it's then not... I would I would even say do do something like this then. Just something very simple where uh 
let's say one of them will have a chance of giving you a prayer point back, or one of them has a chance of giving you an HP back, or one of them, you know, has a chance of giving you a few run energy back, just something, it's so tough, because you're right, where it just, all of these seem yeah. completely pointless if it's not damage-based. This is yeah. why it was good they mm -hmm. shelved it, because it's exactly. so hard to make it good. It's like, so true. They, they, needed, they needed a long time to make it good. Yeah, so. that's tough. It's a toughie. Interesting. Okay. Still think still think we're gonna get it from raids four or, or like at some It'll point come. in the future. Mm -hmm. Just refined and with these ideas in mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh Addy, do you have any topics? Um ring drop mechanic from DT two. Do we oh, like it? Oh yeah. Is it good? Is it bad? What does it actually mean for people? This is so split. This is completely split between players. Some people are just like, it's good. I like the consistency. Prevents people going too lucky or too dry. Other people are like, it's uh, it's a fundamental part of how drops work in the game. This is this is a this is a abysmal, a, like a abhorrent, just a Frankenstein of ring, you know. So I'll just share my thoughts real quick. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like it, but I actually like that Jagex is experimenting with things. I I can appreciate them going outside the box and just testing things and seeing if we like it without it having a huge detriment. That's fair, yeah. What are your guys' I think, um, okay, so on paper, if a ring is 1 in 600, I, we have the rough rates now, they've been crowdsourced. If, it's, if a ring is 1 in 600 um, versus getting 3 1 out of 200 rolls, what it's, what it's done, and the fact people know that that's how it works, is you now, it's now ball and chain. You now feel like you have to stay at a boss until you get the ring. Because you don't know if you've gotten a ring. So they have these, these two systems working. They have an untradeable axe that you need to go to all four bosses to complete. And they have rings that are ball and chain, require you... They're, they're, you can't get spooned them, and you can't go dry on them. So it's like you'll get it roughly around rate most of the time. So it feels like, oh, I've got to stay at this boss until I get the ring drop. I'm close. So what it's done is now you get an axe piece, and you're like, well, I don't have the ring yet. I guess I just stay here until I get the ring. So people are like, feel stuck. At, it's the fact it's four new bosses. If this was like one boss, I don't think it would be that be a big deal. But the fact it's four bosses that encourage you to go around to all four of them to finish an axe, while also encouraging you to stay at them until you complete a ring is kind of like at odds with each other. And it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah, strongly agree. The other, you, the other issue... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep, keep going. Okay. The no, other no, issue um, economically is majority of players are going to do a boss maybe somewhere between i don't know 50 to 200 times a, a big chunk of the kc is people who aren't doing a lot of kc but if they are going to a boss and doing if they go and do like 50 vardorvis just for fun they're not going to get a ring ever if if that same chunk of people with the different drop system go do like spread out across the entire kc a, a normal amount of people are going to get spooned it, it's not going to be like uh leaning towards the people who have a, a crap ton of KC. It's it's going to everybody, like, equally. So these rings are, like, really, really expensive. It's interesting, like, economically, the issue with, like, if it forcing you to stay at a boss for a long time. It's kind of weird. That's I don't true. know if that's bad yeah. necessarily either, but it's yeah. it's weird. But you can I, appreciate I, at least that they're trying something now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I strongly agree with the sentiment of, like, axe plus ring together doesn't quite make sense. Um, yeah, and I, I like the idea that they are trying something new. For me, this ring is like 
fundamentally all RuneScape drops of that nature. Like, imagine you're going for an Ellie and you get it like one KC. You're happy and it's like insane and it's like the highlight of your your old school career and whatever. Mm -hmm. This is gambling, <laughs> fundamentally. And yeah. I don't know if it's the healthiest thing the game has ever really given to people. Um, I know it's not like IRL gambling, but it feels very much an unfair system, fundamentally. Where if you go lucky and you're one of those people to get like three Tebos and 100 KC, you're set. And if you're that one person who gets into chambers and doesn't see one for 5,000 KC, you are probably not going to enjoy your time anywhere near as much as the other guy. And here's, here's the thing, yeah, though. Yeah. I, I thought about it. You just said Tebow. Okay, let's think about sure. if Tebow had this, this same drop system. So yeah. you're going to get a Tebow within rate, maybe within 400 KC of rate, almost sure. twice. So it's like eight to 1,200 raids you're going to do. So now when you go do chambers, it's not, you never have the potential of getting a Tebow. I mean, you technically do, but you're never That's like, true. oh, I could get a Tebow from this raid. It's, right. I'm going to put in 50 raids a day, work my way up to Tebow. Yeah, correct. So it kind of, I don't know, I think it takes, sucks some joy out of getting drops. It does. I, I think that's a mindset problem, because I've seen rings that are dropping below 100 KC, 150 KC, all over the place. And there are people who are over 1,000 when we know the rates now, and they're going dry. And I think people are overestimating how big a deal it is to have like three separate drops. And maybe it could be said that the argument for toning them so it's one in uh, like six individual drops or two individual drops or lower or higher rates could be made better. But I, I think it is honestly just players are doing it to themselves at the end of the day. I think um, granted they have a reason to, but it, it's, it is dramatically, it's like mathematically less likely that you get speared. Like yeah, yeah, it is. Many magnitudes. So. Mm -hmm. I think uh, mod but, but arcane. The closer you get, the more likely still. Once you go pass rate, you're much less likely to go dry. It's just yeah, it just pinches the extremes. That's but what yeah. it does. To, exactly. to, to, to me, this is to me this is a fairness mechanic. At the, at the end of the day, it's a fairness mechanic. Um, it's very I, it's very unfun to watch people get lucky when you don't get lucky, and that goes a long way into making players enjoy the game more. I'd argue it's unfun to not be able to get lucky whatsoever and feel like it's a grind. Yeah. That, like that's just a gambling grind. that's a gambling problem though isn't it's, it it's not gambling though is it not no how is it not what is the definition of gambling again there's it's something where like you're you're putting I don't, i'm not gonna go into well, this you're, whole gambling you're, argument, you're, you're, you're staking you're staking your time is the difference here compared this, to your this is money. a yeah, it's entirely that, a psychology thing because on paper yeah. it's technically the same so the yeah. question is does it feel better that's that's yes. the issue. And, and it feels and, better and, and, to and some it, people and worse to some. So the question is about, overall, is it better? Overall, is it better? And but but also fairness still comes into play here. Because if it, if it, if it if in the original system it's a one in one thousand and you get lucky and then you could also and the other person on the other side of the globe gets unlucky, maybe that enjoyment balances out. Some person gets really happy and some person doesn't enjoy it so much. It probably means that person gets hooked more if you get lucky compared to the other person who's like ah shit been playing this game forever i'll keep going i will i will say i think um because venator bow is the same thing where it's shards that turn into a thing yeah. like it, these are just untradeable shards that you can't see that are invisible for rings it it's effectively like sire I, it's like making a bludgeon except you can't see the bludgeon pieces you just get a bludgeon yep. i i think if you i don't have a problem with venator bow like that's not the fact you can trade the shards when you get it and it's just like oh i got a nice little rare and it's, they're not that rare it's just like you get a thing every once in a while I think that's a better way of doing it than untradeable, invisible role. I don't know. It just feels a lot worse. Um, I, I guess, yeah. I like what Mod Arcane said in the, in the uh, 
the last Q&A where he was saying like we could keep what we have, but we could also have an additional drop where you can just get the drop one KC, but it's like five times as rare. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, both. My, yeah. yeah. Well, my initial thought on how this thing worked was that it was based on ingots. And so whenever you received an ingot, your chance of receiving the ring from that boss would dramatically increase. So that at the start of killing a boss, it's one in 5k. You receive an ingot, it becomes one in 1k. You receive two ingots, it becomes one in 256. And therefore, you always have the chance. But the more ingots you receive, the more you build towards your ring. Is that what was The more intended? likely you are. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's what I think it should have been oh, like. yeah. To allow for that potential. I don't get the point of the ingots whatsoever. They're so much more common, and it's it's one per ring, right? Uh, to make three. Three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. So it's a bit. It's, it's still okay. way more common, I think, than the ring rates. It's just really weird. It's I like think it's, there's it, always going to be idea, more ingots than rings. The idea is to bounce it out between the bosses. So if one boss drops it, if one boss gives you more ingots, the other one will give you less ingots. So overall, by the time you finish your okay. finish your four rings, it's. I think that's how it works. If it doesn't, then it's a bit silly, right? But. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, going, I think um, they easily could have had just the ring drop and combine it with the broken down DK rings. I think it feels like it overcomplicates things, but maybe they just wanted some more like rare things on there. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> That's literally it. <laughs> they needed to make the collection log not look as bad. Feels very arbitrary. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a fun idea to just receive more things as well. I, I very That's much true. like the idea of if if you go a boss and you don't see anything for a thousand KC, it's a bit shit. But if you do like yeah, fifty and get a little thing, it's good. So totally. Yeah, this ring is even divisive here, more, more so than I thought it'd be. Um, <laughs> so on yeah. on the topic of drop rates and stuff, what do you guys think of just the normal drop tables of these bosses? And also the 50% boost for doing a perfect kill. The perfect loot doesn't apply to uniques, so I yeah, think yeah. it's okay. It's yeah, really it's nice, incent it's nice incentive to play better, and it doesn't really impact your like, mega RNG, uh, mega like. If it affected the unique uniques, stuff. you would just telly out. Like, that would be <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That would but, not be okay. Yeah, no. that would. So, they did it in a good cool. way, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool to start with. Um, the rates actually seemed quite high to me. I thought they were going to be lower. Including the rings, I thought they were going to be a bit lower. But yeah, they're very, very rare. I'm not, I'm not too fussed. It's just very strange to me that like mo most likely BIS melee rings, BIS, BIS all rings now, are going to be like 150 mil, 200 mil for a long, long time. And that's just a bit strange, but I don't think it's bad. Um, yeah. yeah, not necessarily. Okay. I definitely think the overall price of, like, BIS gear should be increasing. I just Maybe it's a bit dramatic, it's, but... It's weird it's because also week Light Bearer exists just because Light Bearer is way better than majority of them, like, most of the yeah. time. So it's just, yeah. like, it's, and it's a yeah. Light Bearer issue more than a Ring issue. It's sure. so funny because, like, back when Lightbearer was originally getting talked about, like, being added, people are like, this ring shit. Like, nobody thought it would be, like, anything. Oh, I need it. Use it. I was like, I need that thing. I will yeah. buy it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody realizes. Oh, okay. This is kind of off topic, but what are you guys' thoughts on double ring slots eventually? Like, just an additional Hell ring yeah. slot. Hell yeah. Is it time? Yes. And more so <laughs> importantly, to make it a reward space. That would make it a reward from raid four. Raid four, where a gear like slot imagine unlock would be interesting. Imagine gear, gear slots open the the floor for like so much more stuff as well. It it means that you can not just have like a light bearer choice. You ha you have to make the ring choice now. It opens it up because right now there's usually one item dominating like any given niche. Mm -hmm. The second it's two, it's like it's so much more interesting. It's true, but yeah, especially in a reward space, it works amazing. Raids four ring slots, please. I have two fucking hands and ten fingers, please. I'm just gonna wear I'm just gonna wear two light bearers. Yeah. 
Uh, you're yeah. probably banned from wearing two of the same, but yeah. Yeah, no, Ring of the Gods, man. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I, I, I really like not just ring slots, but more slots for more things. I, I'm a fan yeah. of, um, was it Auras from RS3? RS3 has so many. They have a Scrimshaw slot, Auras, a pocket slot, so you can hold like a Bone Crusher in a slot. Yeah. They have like a lot. I like a lot of these things, although I, I understand the idea of like passive damage or something. You, you, you still can't go the damage route on these things because it will feel forced. Yeah. But. Um, there's definitely options for. They're basically the similar. It's similar to an active prayer that does like a passive thing, a bit like you know run energy over time or a bit more prayer restore if you kill something. Mm -hmm. Those are I think are fine for slots, and they again offer more reward space, which right now old school's running out of because we have three best in slot mega rares, and now what's raids four gonna bring? Like you have to think about it. They can't just give out the new shadow of the raid. It's already done. There's only three styles. What's it gonna be? That's a super interesting topic though. Yeah. In terms of what they can even offer, so new slots, it's up there. Won't feel as good, but good door, good reward. So as I was looking, well, here let me just hear Gnome's thoughts. Are you cool with the double ring? Uh, I could, yeah, I could. If it see was it. like a new that's reward, a, a huge amount of power, so totally. it would have to be balanced, of course. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. Um. So as I was looking at the equipment interface, I just saw the shield. You know what's the saddest part about this game is that shields are literally garbage. In fact, like even I mean, a defender itself has a lot of defense already. Not it has like negative range defense. It's weird, but um, what are your guys' thoughts? And I know everything in this game is offense is the best defense, and you want to just maximize. But in situations where like, imagine a shield legitimately had damage negation. Like, something significant. Where, like, you're wearing a DFS. So, like, imagine you're at Vardorvis or whatever. And instead of wearing your defender, now you have, like, a DFS or some, like, big tanky shield. And his attacks are severely, like, reduced. Because you are constantly taking damage from him. And now you have this chance of just, like, negating all his attacks by, like, 60% or something by wearing, like, a fucking shield. Like... It just it depresses me. PVM. It, it, what? It breaks PVM. It, it, it breaks PVM in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it would. I mean, um, obviously, it wouldn't be sixty percent everywhere, but it would be like niche scenarios where, like, this boss no. is weak to shields or something so, like that. A good way to look at this is that Justy right now, mm -hmm. the defense. Sorry, the damage taken while wearing Justy is reduced based on the defense that you have in that particular style you're being attacked with. Mm. And you can get some absurd things out of Justy if you just wear like max range defense. Which is like 500 at this point. Yeah. And if you wear 500 range defense with Justy and you take a hit that's like a 10, it's now like a, I don't know, I want to say like a 6 or a 5. Yeah. Um, and you can get to places in the game like Leviathan. If you could do this at Leviathan, taking max defense, and now you have this defense shield, you will be able to just peanick the entire thing. Um, you can nearly already do That'd it. But you can just about Holy get. You can, you, you, you can just about be killed through prayer from Leviathan right now. But the second you have these things and you make them part of the meta, people will use it to... That's not, true. It's, it's, it's not cheesing, but they'll use it to get these achievements. That Defense works so differently in this game compared way. to others, where it's like a thing yeah. is rolling against you to see if it hits you. So if it doesn't hit you, it's zero. If it does hit you, it's its full hit, whatever yeah. it is. That is not normal. Most of <laughs> like damage reduction on armor, like they'll do percent less damage or yeah. things like that. We don't have that. It's just it rolls. Does it hit you or not? Yes, no. So the thing with defense is if you have, like, max tank, it's like, yeah, you'll get away with a, sh a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, if you're wearing Justy, 
But eventually, you're going to get unlucky. You'll get a, a, a roll of like three things hitting you at once because yeah. that's just how it works. So it's really frustrating. It's like a frustrating mechanic, and I don't know what the solution is. But yeah. it, it definitely doesn't feel good. What they've done is most bosses don't even roll against defense. It's really common. A lot of bosses just hit you. And yeah, you pray it's obnoxious. Them. And more and more they're doing it as well because they, re they recognize it's a problem. Yeah. That, that's like the... Mod over Saxes. Stand there, you get hit. You can reduce most it with of, melee, but most it's still going to hit you. A, most of Nex's attacks just hit you. Uh, Verzik just hits you. Uh, not with the ranged yeah. attack, but the mage attack. A lot of things just straight up hit you. It would just be cool if most shields actually had a passive effect like an Ellie. Where there still is a chance that you get hit the full amount, so you're never like safe technically. I th but I think you've got like a this, you'd, yeah. Go for it. You'd, you'd have to you'd have to have a fundamental combat mechanic change. You would. You definitely yeah, defense would. Defense is yeah. just not good, the way it is. Yeah. I don't know. No. Something about like just the shield slot in general, I think, is annoying. Like it just it bothers me that everything in melee I'd, you I'd are like wearing remember... a defender. I'd like if they'd remember the spectral a little more. There's a lot of things that they I know. Work with. They've completely forgotten it. Like thralls and like everything in Toa. Um, it doesn't work with deadly prayers. It doesn't work against the thralls in the monkey room. It just doesn't work on anything. Like they totally forgot it existed. I know. It's it's obnoxious. Not that you'd use it, but it's like you. I mean, if if things had like imagine imagine the spectral for example, just just spectral alone. Imagine incoming magic hits are reduced by fifty percent if you're wearing the shield. Just magic hits only. So now, like, this shield is very powerful defending against certain mage attacks, you know? Like, that that would just be so neat because you would actually have an incentive to do, like, shield flicks here and there and, you know, just camping it if you're just lazy and just, like, I just think it's so much cooler than just wearing a defender for every fucking piece of content. Old school is quite unique in the sense that most other games will not allow you to just instantly swap gear. Yeah. Um... I like and therefore having personally. I, I like I like that it can be done. I don't yeah. think it makes for a fun mechanic though. I don't want to be swapping my no. gear twenty four seven while fighting something. Um, I, I like the idea of big gear swaps at fundamental points in the fight, where it's asking you to do it for like, uh, you know, like a DPS check or something. But mm. for actually engaging with bosses on a base level, not so interesting for me, in my opinion. If it's um, I could see it being a thing where it's like you flick on a shield for. Maybe there's a big dragon fire attack you can catch if you put on a dragon fire shield, for example. Like something like that. If it's like a mechanic with the fight, I could see it. It's really frustrating getting very little. CMs does it a ton. You, you're constantly switching to Missouri because ink is Addy armor. So, like, every time you do an attack, you switch to Missouri and you switch back. So, it's like, it's not a ton of benefit. It just cuts down some chip damage. It doesn't feel like you're doing a lot. It's just like a thing you do the whole time. Yeah. So, it's not like. Oh, I'm getting a big reward out of doing this. It feels satisfying. It doesn't really feel good. But yeah, that that's what that's why I personally think like that bulwark prayer or whatever the hell it would be called, or a guard. I think it was guardian is what I called it, the guardian prayer. That would be cool yeah. because then that's like a significant thing where it, it doesn't feel as shitty. It's just putting on two pieces of armor and then immediately switching it back. You have a percent chance of taking as it's like. Yeah. Or know. okay, imagine this. I'm just throwing out ideas. Imagine. You know when, like, you're, um, like, in the combat tab where you're selected? First of all, there's a problem with range. I, I, accuracy and defensive should not be an additional tick. I'm sorry. Like, we need to fundamentally change that. Like, that's... Rapid should always be the thing. They, they should have differences where, like, rapids, extra damage, accuracies, ex, a significant amount of extra accuracy, and then defense, like, gives you defense or whatever. Anyway, I still, still think long range is okay for the record, but... 
it's just obnoxious Accurate that like rapid is silly an additional yeah. tick is just stupid um anyway uh but i was gonna say imagine so now there's offensive imagine if you're wearing a shield i think this would actually kind of have some balance so now you have the offensive things where you're switching between you know accurate and defensive or whatever and then you have the shield where now you're deciding am i going to protect against melee like incoming melee incoming range or incoming mage so technically no shield ever has full protection against all attacks it would just be one of the styles and you can switch it as you go along so it still will have just overall defense but now you're like selectively deciding what's gonna what's gonna have damage negation based on your selection there's so many bosses that are the attack is calculated instantly so yeah yeah and that's fine it would kind of be a choice of what's the most what's the thing that hurts you the most when you yeah no no and usually i I, th I think the reason i'm bringing it up is simply because it's not going to have damage negation with all incoming attacks now obviously if a boss is just attacking with one style it would but with challenging well, it's not adding bosses. skill is the point it's like if you're catching attacks with a the right shield or something that's like adding skill i don't know if that's necessarily good either but i guess yeah. my thing is like, like in in regards to you guys saying you know if you start adding shields then you can just phoenix necklace everything like imagine the shield literally could only protect it only had that damage negation against one style so in a lot of situations if you get attacked with a different style and you haven't switched like you're gonna get fucked anyway I think there's some big problems with it still. Imagine running into Inferno with a range shield on and then just praying mage for the entire thing. I mean, maybe fun on paper, but breaking, yeah. game breaking. Yeah. Just one of those things know. where a shield would actually be worth something at that point, though. It'd be kind of cool. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not invested in making shields good again. <laughs> just, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we have useful shields. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to make shields like actually perform... The defense mechanic itself, it, the way you roll defense, has to change, and that's yeah, not going to happen. Just my two cents, but yeah. I, I, I mean, to be fair, the, I, the... I I definitely agree that like it's just lowering the skill gap mm -hmm. entirely. Um, I think the main problem is just defenderscape. I think that's I I don't know why I just have a concern with that. Where we do have all these shields and they're just garbage. <laughs> There's no reason for them. It's not defenderscape. It's damagescape. Bucklers. Yeah, it's damage your choice. It's always buckler yeah. and it's always uh, Avernic and it's yeah, always um, yeah. Ward. That's, that's obviously my we concern. have a two-handed shadow, but it would always be Ward if you're using a one-handed staff. So mm -hmm. anything that's damage is what you pick always. Yep. Very true. I'll tell you what, though, in terms of this about the, the the mechanics of taking in and receiving damage p2 warden little discussion it's really cool mm -hmm. um or basically p2 warden takes your damage and your accuracy and combines it into a damage roll so if you have like zero accuracy but good mechs hits you'll still hit decently but you won't hit as hard as if you had all your accuracy gear on mm. and th this mechanic alone is is extremely well received from those who've looked at it and most other people don't seem to mind it which is baffling to me because I thought there'd be an outcry about how this is like breaking the fundamentals of the game a bit. But this mechanic actually allows for things like defense shields to have mm -hmm. their place if it was used against the player. Yep. And yep, for sure. Um, I want to see more of it. I I know that I know the devs themselves are keen on adding it to more places. Me personally, I would be happy seeing like an entire raid built around it. Um. 
it would mean that the more switches you do, the more rewarded you are. If it, if it's against the player, then the more defense you are you are using yourself, the more rewarding it is. It tremendously changes the way player skill um, interacts with gear swaps. It's interesting or, to have like a well, low RNG thing where it's like yeah, yeah, for sure. You're not rolling for random hits. It's a thing that's averaging like everything together, and it's just how yeah. well you're switching and doing everything. It makes speedruns more fulfilling, more interesting. It takes away from the RNG element from those who like it, though. But the actual skill in the speedrun is ultimately going to go up because of that. Yeah, which true. I think people would be a bit more accepting of. All right. So going back to the no monkey video, we're gonna talk about a few different things and kind of have a little mini brawl. <laughs> so let's, less than an hour off. Uh, so let's talk. <laughs> let, let's talk QA. Let's talk QA. Addy and No Monkey. You can either of you can round one out. fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's do this. Let's go. Okay, so yeah. Uh, okay, talking quality assurance. So I had my. I've been working on this video for a month. I'll just say, like a long, long time. I've been like slowly working on it, chipping away. So yeah. this isn't like a thing I did in a weekend or something. Um, I had a section on quality assurance. So I said, um. I feel like in general, over recent years, it feels like almost every single update has some major game-breaking bug. And I had, um, I've had people collect bugs for me so I could get a comprehensive like list that's in my Discord. Um, just in general, like the list of bugs that we've had over time. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like quality assurance has been lacking, especially lately. I don't know if it's always been this way and I just didn't notice, but... Right. Can I um I can address that if that's the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. One one thing to get into this beforehand is what is the fix for most of these things? Because one point at the beginning of the video, which I think a lot of people latched onto, is that is it just a case you think that Jagex can pour money into it and increase the budget for things and really invest? And is that a solution for for how much of this is that a solution for basically? Um, I think there are things that are absurd that have gone in the game that like they definitely have the budget to prevent the things like the right. diagonal movement having the stall on your character which would have been it could have been tested by just clicking in a direction the things like with the axe hitting 500s which could have been tested by just swinging it at an enemy things like that <laughs> there's things mm -hmm. that are very hard to find um that i had in there but there's a lot of things that couldn't be stopped i feel like yeah and it's absurd okay. that they go in like that yeah so i i agree it's silly and absurd but I yeah. will also say that for things such as the movement and the axes, as far as they were aware, the axe was coded correctly, and it was something else they changed in an update that broke the axe. Hence, spaghetti malfunction, right? Yeah, sure, sure. The actual coding itself was fine, and it tends to be the case that for these updates they release, they're actually fine until they put something else out. Um, and I understand that it's still QA problem. They can still go back and test these things, but... Another another thing, it's... too, is um, betas yeah. affecting main game. Like... We saw major bugs coming with the prayer beta. That, that oh, caused yeah. the unlimited stamina in um, Inferno and things like that. Yeah. I feel like that should definitely be... That should not be affecting main game, I feel like. Well, the, definitely... the way that, the, the way those worlds work is that when they update the engine to work on beta, they also update it for main game. Right. But they simply yeah, exactly. don't allow the rewards to work, right? So... Yeah. I, I, I don't know how they would... This is an internal question, I guess, for them, because I don't know how they would be able to do that otherwise. It just seems to be that's their system. When they when they do the walls like that in one go, they have to do right. So the question the is: is that is that acceptable? That um, the infrastructure is well, built this way. That's 
That's the I, thing. I don't, and is I don't, it worth devoting hmm. time and resource to it? Maybe to the question is like, is, I don't know if it's even possible is the problem. Maybe. So some of, the, some of these things will definitely be like an internal discussion or they may not be able to tell us, right? From what the, I, from what I can see, it's, like, I just, it's just not. Yeah, the big thing is I don't know internally how things work. I'm just right. voicing my things I'm seeing, the issues. Yes. So, mm, I'm a that, player, yeah. I'm not a dev. So I'm just like, hey, these are, these are the things I see. <laughs> of course. I do wish, um, as far as the method they choose to uh, solve these problems with, and like the design process, I wish there was more from Jagex, personally. That, uh, on the sense of like even a YouTube video, once every year that detailed some design process or they've some of the that. internal workings they've, they, done, they've done it before vlogs yeah yeah they've, they've done it before and they go into some more detail and i'm hoping they ramp it up even more in the future mm -hmm. to give players an understanding of why you know what, what is the actual game you play on the inside and why is it that maybe sometimes stuff doesn't work and maybe that's it's not it doesn't matter if it's acceptable or not they can't help it um i don't i definitely don't know about the idea of budget helping that um Maybe that is just purely on their end. But I also don't know if it's fair to speculate that's the case, because it might just be one of those things that's going to cost an absurd amount and not have any guaranteed yield, which is why it's a bit like, maybe it seems a bit unfair to, to blame them on that It, it behalf, feels, as things. a player, it feels like it shouldn't. They feel like very simple things. Yeah. So if it, uh, is, if it is a thing where it's like, no, it's a major like issue and there's no solving it, I'd, I'd love for them to lay that out be more open i guess yeah. yeah okay i mean i i agree there definitely i so at, essentially as a player it doesn't feel good you say what you see and that's fair but internally yeah. more openness towards some of these issues would probably go a long way to preventing players from having to even voice it in the first place it would be much much less frustrating it. yeah makes sense to me yeah so mm -hmm. let's move on to qol then yeah let's do it so quality okay. of life updates um so from the perspective of high-level player, points I made were there's a lot of things with um, speedrunning and just high-level PBM in general that are frustrating and annoying. Um, there's a mm -hmm. lot of things with charges that are daily capped, things like cape swaps um, from Magic Cape. Uh, you get five a day. That's your yes. limit. Um, things Falador like Shield. Explorer's Ring, Falador Shield, both have yep. daily limits. All the um, also talked about things like Turiel for... Inferno tasks and how it's frustrating having to go do Turiel to get tasks to do speedruns. Yes. Um, and now we could add Awaken Leviathan as well. It's like almost impossible to speedrun it. Um, inaccessible. Yeah. I didn't really talk about this in the video, but that's yeah. That's I don't. I don't know if that's QOL, but it's it's prohibitive um, to do. I'm gonna just yeah. jump in real quick and just talk about the spellbook swapping. Yeah. Yeah. So. Has anybody come up with a good enough solution to this, this that doesn't this is, affect PvP and all these other things? My yeah, solution sure. was um, give one or two swaps instead of five and then make it recharge at a location. So it's not... the If you make it unlimited swaps, like some people say, then mm -hmm. the issue is you change spellbook every single time you do an attack. Every single time you're, you're summoning a thrall and venging in every single location. There's no downside. You're always using it. And it becomes the best in slot and necessary everywhere, which is not good. Um, for obvious reasons. It becomes meta at every single location. It's probably yeah. not ideal. Um, so if you make it one or two swaps, you make it recharge at a location, so you can't just spam it inside. A, you, if it's a recharge, but the item you can bring into a raid, then it's pointless. Like, you just bring that item and the cap. Yeah. So it has to be at a location, and you can make it a sync of some kind. Runes, whatever you want. 
um, and then allow it to be recharged. So quick question. It, yeah. Obviously, this has already been ingrained in the meta. So I'm just yeah. wondering what in like a just theoretically, would it be better if there was just no such thing as spellbook swaps? Would that just in, kind of in hindsight, of course, yeah, I'd probably, say the same yeah, thing right. about Inferno tasks. It would be better if there okay, was no so, task. So, so so here here's just the, like a kind of like a shitty solution that I just thought of. Like what if you literally just could not spellbook swap in instances? Solves so, it to so, an extent, yeah. Anywhere where you're in an instance that's not in the main game, you literally just cannot use it. So now it just takes it away from most metas. It kind of solves the problem, but there's a lot of depth that it also has. That's the and problem. And it's not so it's much like, fun just, to remove the depth. I know. And so I, it just it just sucks that like we they they have these items like Explorer's Ring, like for example, it's just like and Fally Shield. It's like these just these diary items that were literally not meant to be used for like PVM and stuff, but now they're just no. ingrained in the meta. Yeah. And basically. and so we've basically <laughs> limited ourselves and now we're butthurt at like just the fact that we're limited, even though they were it's just so tough. I feel like the only real way to solve it is like something really arbitrary, like no monkey, like you were saying, that it's just like you have to be at a certain place, do this, use this. It's like imagine it just wasn't even a thing. Just we have to now design the meta around not using it. But I, I then agree that there is depth being added from it. Yeah, it's a 2020 hindsight thing. Like, yeah, it would have been better. But now that we have it, it feels really awful to take it away. It might actually just be for the better to do so, but I just don't think players would really be in favor of it. It's so tough. It's, um, it's frustrating having records locked behind nerfed things. I don't know. Like, nerfing yeah. never feels good, ever. Well, the, right. I, I don't have that big of a problem with that, mainly because it's temporary, because the gear will continually progress. But and you've so, still temporarily, like, killed speed running. Like, if the CM solo wreck is locked behind that cape, I, I just don't run it anymore. Like, there's no point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there is that downside, but it's temporary to get rid of something permanently, like... But but the time until we get new items to make it unlocked again is potentially years. A long time, like mm -hmm. up to up to five years potentially. That's insane. I wouldn't say five years, but well, if, assuming raid three extreme. didn't bring up raids four didn't. Yeah, the extreme, like more realistically, two years. Yeah. But that's still two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, what if? <sighs> I'm just wondering. Like, I don't know. It, it would almost be cool if, like, th so this is something I was thinking of. You know how, like, the Lunar Spellbook has a Spellbook swap option on there? Like, imagine yeah, just sure. Imagine just all Spellbooks at the very bottom of the spell had a level 99 Spellbook swap, but it took some actual significant time for it to change fully, so you can't just literally just constantly abuse it. I've been really, really enjoying Spellbook swap at uh, Leviathan, actually. It's very, like, high skill to use. Yeah, no, is, I've been seeing you doing it. It is high skill, but I feel like that becomes an ability. And abilities that force you to stay inside your your spellbook or like your inventory in that sense don't feel as fun to use. It becomes like almost a very generic MMORPG ability. Sure. And I don't think it's quite fitting for old school to want to like deep dive into your spellbook 24-7 to make things work. Um, yeah, that's fair. So it's, imagine... It's not, like a, it's not the biggest problem ever, but it's a problem. Okay, I, I'm just imagining like a spellbook swap that's technically on all spellbooks, but it takes longer than what traditionally is already a spellbook swap. So it's something where you... There, yeah, you want it to be less, surely. <laughs> I mean, you would want to, but then it just becomes like a cooldown thing where it's like, okay, It'll I'm going to constantly be venging, constantly be throwing, constantly be... A between bosses thing, like, you mean? 
basically. Yeah. It, so like if oh, you're like in a, a CM, for example, like you could use it, but you would have to like red click on the door and then you're doing the animation for, you know, seven or eight yeah. ticks where you can't just do it in between attacks. I don't really believe players would find this much more than infuriating, but I mean, yeah. it would be, but is it more infuriating uh, that you have a daily limit right now? That's the real thing. I think there's better solutions than that. But. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not in the speed running game. So like, I'm just sharing my outside thoughts. It's really tricky because a lot of the time they feel, I feel like sometimes not, this isn't like against you or anything, but sometimes there are solutions that come up and sometimes there are just really good solutions that just work. And it's much less so that players should have to find the solution that they think is right, as opposed to like, you know, if you can't shoot down this one example that's fantastic, you don't need to add more ideas. You can just embrace that and use it. It's true. Mm -hmm. And in this case, something like deleting the entire ability to use it, or what Noam said about recharging it in a location, if it works, just that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Just do it if it works. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, I guess my only concern is like, I feel like there will be ways to kind of get around i don't know i i like no monkeys idea where it's like you go to a bank but it's just like oh you gotta critique the ideas just, it's not like perfect but yeah you're right i, I was picturing um you like know. house um house altar so it's like mm, yeah so that's maybe where your, that's where you maybe would your own house time. altar so you'd Ooh, go there and you'd bring um that's a, some item that was that's a time. great suggestion yeah yeah i wouldn't even say you have to bring an item just go to your house altar just and that recharges it for two Sure, that Thanks. would work. I, I, yeah. I'm figuring they want to sync items out. It's like a free opportunity to okay. do it, but you could just maybe. have it be free, recharge. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's my thing. Is like if if that idea is like sound, and maybe you can add some minor things like a sync to it. There's just yeah. no need to take the conversation further. If that's the winning idea, that's sick. We take it. We run with it. We use it. Okay. So imagine, and, and that's also sorry, but like this is also the thing with other things like Fang. Um, yeah. If Fang has good solutions, such as make it so it only works on stab style, the the accuracy role. Is there a problem with that? If not, like let's just do it. We don't need to have the discussion. The simplest solution is always the best, usually. Yeah, almost. Sometimes always. that sometimes it just works. You don't okay. need to have like your own preferred one. But I know we're getting sidetracked. I'm just think I'm just thinking right now. Okay, so imagine you go to your POH and you go to your spellbook altar, and that actually just recharges all of your diary things, um, mm -hmm. and oh, okay, it, yeah. it and, and it takes a fee from your butler, like 50k or 100k or whatever. It's just like you've recharged, but you have to That's go good. to your POH in order to recharge it. I don't think anything but, should be daily capped. So yeah. as long as you have a way around it, I think, yeah. So is five really spellbook swap, would that inherently change the meta? Because now you can constantly recharge five and now you're going to be using five in every single well, CM? Well, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't change the meta because you already do. That's the point. But you're if not you're using five. You already do. Oh, okay. So well, you, is, if you, you had five... Let me think about CMs, right? You yeah. technically could swap to Venge at like Vasa and then swap I back guess, now. Yeah. So it, it would change things a little bit. I, I guess it's a question more so about does this change like this, the way we play the game without speedrunning? Does this change it for like the average player? Because if oh. you can do that and now you and now you have access to things like shield, are you just going to bring a shield on every chamber's run then visit your POA? Maybe. That's why it would have to have a cost. It would have to be right. like Maybe. you're yeah. paying your so, butler 100k yeah. to recharge this. My thought was poor like way more than the prayer points it gives into it, like 10 to 20 prayer potions or something like that. Just so it's like not worth it for cost, but it's worth it for that slot if yeah. you need it. Oh, yeah, man, that's I probably did, a better way of doing it. I'll be honest. I just, yeah, that there, there is a problem. I think the spellbook swap is its own thing. I genuinely think the ring and the shield would be a problem if it could just be recharged. Because, uh, it's not that big of a problem, though. That's the thing. It's just like, like a, a, a shield bit. is only a, sh a shield is a restore and a half. 
Yeah, and the question is whether or not true. like a hundred k fee of charging that shield is something you want. You're to right. Use your that, daily that's bosses. fair. You're right. right. I don't that's... think any daily item is that powerful. You're right. So I think it's okay. Okay. The shield does feel like necessary for Inferno. I feel like once you've burned a shield, it feels like not worth running almost. Yeah. Like it, a... If I if okay. if I could run it, I would run it. If I could use it all the time, hundred percent. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. Where it's like there's a fee. You have to go to your POH. Mm -hmm. You restore all your dailies. Boom. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's run it back about, to the. Where do we start? Sort of, we were just talking about general we can talk about, for high level stuff. Yeah. So, what's the idea? Like, Turiel's been in the game for since release, whatever, mm -hmm. and it's the it's the fastest way to get a specific task. Um, God, this 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 is a topic I've probably talked about more than anyone. I guess <laughs> I think you've done way more Turiel than me uh, too. So. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, I'll do my thing on this. So, <sighs> Turiel exists, and people a lot of the time try and come up with solutions that just include things like delete Turiel, give us infinite tasks, and I don't think that's a very sort of good way of going about trying to fix these problems because people sometimes don't realize you delete Turiel, and now what's your next best way of getting a task? I've got to do Slayer, shit, it's like 50 times longer. So mm -hmm. oftentimes the thing you hate isn't really um, the problem at hand. It's, sol it's, solving, it's solving the question of how to get a specific task in a good way. Yes. So all these things, ig ignoring like the solution tutorial, and there are some good ones, these things constitute high-level PVM annoyances. And not just tutorial, but lots of different little things that we've, some of we talked about, some maybe not, but like there are, they exist. And they have solutions that seem good. Now, some of the some of the solutions, these QRL solutions, take time to implement. And I guess the question here for QRL is that we know what the problems are. We can give distinct solutions. Why aren't they doing them? Why mm -hmm. why is this such a problem for QRL to to look at and be like something's clearly not right? People are doing thousands of hours, literally thousands of hours of a tutorial Slayer Master, like just easy ass. Boring NPC killing, cannoning, sitting there. Like, the high-level players are killing cows. <laughs> the high-level players are killing cows. It's the yes. first NPC you kill when you enter the game. It's like, why? Yes. And half the people say, well, you did it to yourself. You want to speed run, therefore you do it. But like, yeah. the point is that there are enough players who want to do it, who have fun and enjoy it. And more so than that, anyone who wants a specific task has to go through that process. And that's not a very good themed way to do so. So, so like, why don't, they, why don't they implement these things? First thing that comes to mind is that you're changing it for a small amount of players. And therefore, the time spent on doing this isn't worthwhile compared yeah. to the updates they could deliver for the wider community that would benefit and make more people enjoy the game more. That's argument number one, which has a good amount of validity to it, but falls into one of those things personally where I think that if we're 5% of the game or 5% of the game have interacted with Turiel to get a specific task, one in 20 updates should have been to fix Turiel. And by now, that should have happened. That's... I know I've kind of answered my own thing with it, but like... So, let, well, let me... I feel like... Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, it. Oh, I was just going to say, is, is the best way just to make it so you can use your Slayer helmet but not get any Slayer XP? So you can just keep running Infernos, have the same boosts, but you're not gaining any XP for it. It's very really good, XP. but because you're, on, because you're doing a specific Slayer task, it feels like you're bypassing the Slayer part of it. I'll, I'll give the tutorial solution, like, as I see it. Okay. As, as a better way of doing it. Instead of having like random NPCs you kill and a, and a chance to get a Zuck task, make it so you can right click a Slayer Master or like assign Slayer Master and then pick a thing to say, I want a specific task. And then you pick your specific task from the list, a bit like in leagues. And then it gives you an option to like, okay, you want this task, please kill three of XYZ NPCs and a certain amount of each. 
Depending on the task you pick, the NPCs you kill will be a tier below that. So if I choose to kill Zuck, I'll be asked to kill maybe two of a band two Bandos and a Zolra and 30 Mind Goblins. And that will be enough to guarantee you the task if you receive if you do that. That process will take approximately 10 to 15 minutes, which is about twice as short, if not more, than doing Turial on average. And there's no RNG involved, you get the task at the end. You are asking a Slayer Master for a specific viable task. You are therefore going to do Slayer and gaining Slayer XP in different places and various bosses around the game. You're still getting Slayer XP for all of that. And at the end of it, you get your task. I think, um, okay, so, solution. so personally, I think that's a bit selfish. Uh, and, and the only reason I say that is because it just sounds like you're just doing boss layer. I actually, well, so so this is just my uh, little just meet you in the middle. What if there was a point thing where you spend, I don't know, 1,000 or 2,000 Slayer points, and now you have doubled your boss task chance? No. So The problem, the, the problem no. is RNG. Yeah. The but, problem you're, is but you're but you're doubling your chance it doesn't of getting matter. it. It doesn't matter. Any, anything that just increases chance. We we already have three tasks from Zuck, right? Yeah. That didn't fix it. It's triple. It's we have triple the tasks. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fix it. Because you're still doing the same thing to get the same thing. Even if it's faster or it's still the same problem. But isn't that your you whole point it. is just making it faster? No, no, no it's I about want it consistency. Sold. Consistency. I want it sold. Yeah. So so wouldn't it literally so but you but you want my my so solution. you want to eat your cake and have it too. So like, as in like, you still want all your Slayer point. You still want your Slayer XP. Well, you can get reduced Slayer XP and it would not be efficient. I, to do I'm just thinking things. if, if the sheer problem is you just want to do Inferno, why not just make it so as soon as you've completed Inferno, you can go in there without Slayer XP, but use the Slayer helmet boost. But then it are sounds you, like are, you, are, you, are you, you're not doing Slayer, are you? The point know, is but, trying to but, theme but, it to the game correctly. But I, I thought this idea was about like trying to just enjoy speedrunning for the sake of speedrunning. No, 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 no. no. That's, that's, the, that's the most... That's the most co it's about getting a specific task in a consistent okay, so this is, and a reasonable fashion. My, my this is what people always was, confuse. Um, talk in video, I, I said this. It's talk to 6Jad guy. He has yeah. a get task button. After you beat 6Jad, you get task, you don't have XP, you don't get points. But... Addy is saying that there's value to like the downtime between Inferno. I'm saying that, that I'm saying I'm saying it? that if you want if you want task rewards in terms of mm -hmm. damage and accuracy, you should be you should have to engage with Slayer. You want it to be Slayer still. Like themed. I want it to, I want it to be correctly themed and I want it to be consistent in what it I gives. I think that's you. fair. If it's like a 15 minute thing that you do to get the yeah. task, I think that makes a lot of sense. You're asking for a specific task. A lot of people use this to get specific pets, right? It's mm -hmm. not just limited to speedruns. That's that's the big difference. And a lot of people, because because I do Inferno, everyone's like, "You just want it for Inferno." I'm like, "No, I'm trying to solve the problem for the entire game." Yeah, yeah, okay. And that's why it's so important to do that. I see. So 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 in in essence, what you want is you want to go to the Slayer Master, ask for a specific task. Like, I really yes. want to kill this, and then you're assigned yes. three to five tasks beforehand, but you're gonna guarantee Small. get it. Yeah, and, and, and time them so it's around about 15 minutes and they're themed to the difficulty you ask for. If I ask for a cow task, I'm going to be asked to kill goblins and spiders. If I ask for a bandos task, I'm going to be asked to kill like 20 gargoyles, a Zolra, and one other thing. Not to, And you, you theme it to the level. It's just an I idea. See. You don't even have to theme it. And you might get reduced Slayer. It certainly wouldn't be efficient. But at the end of it, you get what you want. And you're it engaging is. with Slayer and 
It, it's a big system is the problem. I see. It is absolutely but it's a, but it's not a good system. Inferno. Like you have Lizardmen Shamans still for CM and then you also have all the, the bosses for pets as well. There's also yes. speed runs for bots tasks that you have to grind. Like people were spending yeah. like a week trying to get Muzba tasks, I remember, trying to go for wreck because it's yeah. like a one in 600 or something. Jesus, there's a lot of a lot of elements of the game that could benefit from okay. change. Okay, that, that yeah, I, that's true. I can I can respect that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, so we we have some like good solutions, right? Let, let's run it back to QL because we we love to get distracted, but it's good. Um, <laughs> why doesn't Jagex make these changes? Yeah. So, first point again was something like um, they could better spend their time elsewhere. I already answered this in the sense that I, I think that based on the amount of players that do it, it's like five, it is it is actually five percent of people maybe. One in twenty updates should hit that spot to try and fix it. That was I, I know I'm just literally answering my own like problem. Here, I think they do. Why don't they do that? I guess they do plenty of QOL. There is a lot of QOL updates. Yeah, but it feels like those get missed, for sure. Yeah, it feels like they get. And I of, don't feel like they're necessarily yeah. any like more intensive and this is me being ignorant i don't know but they don't feel oh alarm sorry good morning i don't feel like they're necessarily any um any more difficult to implement necessarily um for a lot of them so just a, a lot, that's why a lot of it i think some of it comes down to polling because a lot of these changes do get polled yeah, and true. so if, if if you try and explain that to someone who really just doesn't read polls, and, and make no mistake for anyone watching, people simply do not read polls, or they do not understand well enough to make an informed choice. This is just how it is with polls. Um, I can point to several cases about this, but if people don't read polls and they don't understand and they're not engaged enough to really make an informed choice, the chances of something like a massive change to how getting a specific task works uh, for Turiel What's the chance it just doesn't pass? And then if that happens, what's the chance you'll ever be able to introduce something that tries to fix that? Probably never. It's going to be like Divine Spirit Shield all over again. So so the issue is that it needs to be really good so it passes a poll because they need to well, pass the poll. Or otherwise it's not just about being good. Ignored. It's about players' perception of it. It needs to be, yeah, parsable or, yeah. Player's perception of it needs to be a good one. It, it can't just be like, ah, they're deleting Turiel because they're speedrunners and they hate Turiel. And, and yet people will not see past that. It, maybe it's part of the wording and how they put it in the blog. Um, but even if they did that, the fact that anyone can just vote on it to like say, oh, I don't really give a shit, vote no. It, it's frustrating to say that even if a good solution came up, maybe they can't get it through polls. It's scary mostly, but, uh, you know. Hmm. But that's one big thing. Um, I had another big thing coming on this. What was it? Well, I'll just share just one last thought on the Slayer thing. I think one of the concerns is as soon as you've started putting this thing where, okay, you can consistently get a certain task that you want all the time, it yeah. literally leads to everything is now Slayer. Like you, you can't just go kill Bandos for Mandos because it would just be worth the 15 minutes to go kill some well, other shit and you, then everything's you, you, on task. You can balance it to make it so it's not efficient. If you have a 15 minute yeah. window which, on which you have to get those tasks, maybe you don't get awarded like 100 Bandos. Maybe it's only like 10. Yeah. And I think it, purely, it just, purely that balance can fix it up. I think, I don't know. In, like in my opinion, I think uh, they could make some changes. So this is just my personal take on this is I think 
we should have a like a like a permanent unlock to double boss tasks and that alone has already increased all of your boss chances um by double and um, then you can have a preferred boss list and this this can be the yeah. same thing with tizars where you could double your tizars and it's just like okay now you're getting double inferno tasks basically like the, the preferred list is incredible from rs3 and it, yeah. it's more than mm -hmm. double i think it is actually just a doubling but let's make no mistake here, players, not regularly, but if you do lots of Inferno speeds, maybe once a yeah. month, mm -hmm. you will go 10 hours dry of a task. It's efficiently playing. Inferno tasks now. And, and if I was to go five hours dry, I'd still be pissed and still not enjoy it. Yeah. That's why the consistency is so key, because unless you're going to make it like a one in five, um, it's it's just not enough. Ideally, and, it's you, and, 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 again, you... it, and again, it feels bad. But Ideally, it's a thing you go out of your way to do. It doesn't it's not an increase to kills per hour, technically, because if you just killed it off task and didn't do this thing, then it would be better. I also don't like that you can't kill Slayer bosses off task as a separate thing. I, I like that it's like you get a Slayer task and it's like, oh, it's probably worth going and doing that. That that's, feels like the appeal of Slayer is like, I don't know, it feels weird to be like almost forced to once you get a task, but it's kind of off topic. Um, yeah, yeah. I. It, it has to be like not increasing kills per hour overall and like, but a thing that's consistent, like you can get the task you want if you need it for some reason. Interesting. It definitely can be done. Definitely can be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next one. <laughs> um, update history. Mm-hmm. Let me get my chart. series of series of unfortunate events or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold up. Yeah, so NVIDIA, I, I made a cute little graphic and I just kind of like rigged up every update from every major update from 2016 to 2023. I skipped QOL. Um, oh, I feel it was like super relevant. Interruption. Yeah. I mm -hmm. just absolutely bust out laughing when you said a good update was the Chaos Altar. God damn it, man. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. But it's oh, Iron no. Man. The, for Iron Man, it's just so good. It's fun out of made. It's really fun. <laughs> anyway, continue. Hilarious. Um, so yeah, I just kind of looked at it overall, like how I felt about like each year and like the updates and what they did. Um, and I just kind of went through it year by year. So I feel like I, I ordered it by like the level of, I did high level, mid level, low level, um, and I did quests, skilling, PVP, and then I did other for things like game modes, things like Twisted League and Trailblazer. And I just like listed out the like every single update. Um, so what I found is we had like 2017, 2018 were golden years. Those were like absolutely amazing for people at a high skill level that wanted content. 2017 was ridiculous. That is so absurd how much content they put in the game in one year. We had Chambers and then they put out Inferno like six months later. Um, end of the year was Grotesque. We also had Fossil Island added that year, that full expansion, um, bunch of quests, uh, things like Majorina 2, that kind of thing. Um, a couple Slayer monsters, various like scaling activities. Revenant Caves were also added, which obviously that had issues as well. But big, big year for a lot of content. It's kind of crazy to look back and like think about that happening now. Like a major raid and then a major like basically raid added like two, two in one year is absurd. Yeah. And then year after was also like amazing we had cm tob uh vorkath was added really good dragon slayer 2 everything that comes with that one of the one of the things i saw 
someone mentioned on like Reddit was me going through and they're like, well, you looked at all these and you said you only had like two things on here that were low level. So I have Briafita and Fortho Forthos Dungeon. I think you could argue Forthos is mid-level even, but... Yeah. Um, the thing with that is low level is such a short like period of the game that, that really should be a tiny section, I feel like. And I don't, I don't think so. I don't in see terms of people... I've asked people, like, with Seracnus, like, hey, you're mid-level. How much Seracnus have you done? And the answer is always zero. 27,000. Yeah. I, I think you could say <laughs> that's just a problem with Seracnus. But, like, it's it's hard to add content like that. I think it's the issue of, like, adding pets to things like that. But there's definitely value in adding things for low levels that, like, teach them mechanics and get them, like, rolling into the game. But I think they've really struggled with low-level content in general. Not had a good way of doing it. Bria Fida and um, Obor, I don't feel like are things that like low level seek out. It's I think really the only like piece of low level content I feel as good as like Barrows. Yes, and Barrows even that doesn't teach you mechanics though. You're still just no hitting things. It's just basic combat and praying. Yeah, sure. But at least it's like a, a complex activity. Um, yeah. So point was 2017, 2018 is like big, super complex years like i feel like they added a lot for us mm -hmm. and then big period of like nothing 2019 2020 there aren't bad years at all we had um we had uh, a lot some of the elves added 2019 well. like loads of things added say it again we had a lot of leagues a lot Dead of leagues too yeah as well. that was a, that's filled, a lot those, of... those filled up some stuff yeah. yeah for sure um and then there was a lot of i remember so much complaining in like 2020 um that we we're just not getting any getting anything hard um Yes. There's just been a lack of hard content. So 2021, they're like um, trying to put in some things to like tide us over until the next raid comes out because they were a long ways off completing Toa. Um, so we got things like hard mode Tob, um, Jag challenges, and combat achievements, um, and Fasani as well. Just a lot of those just felt underwhelming. Like they were not. They they were very clearly like low low dev time. Um, I don't want to say rush job, but you know lacking lacking in depth. I was feeling. Sure. And then years after that, you know, twenty twenty two, we had Nex added and Toa. Those were the PBM updates for that year. That kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Toa's a, we've talked about it, but Toa doesn't appeal to a high level um, player base. It doesn't scale up well. It's not fun to engage with. And then this year, now we've had Awakened bosses. So that's really, really cool. Um, I really like Awakened Leviathan. I think that's my favorite update since 2018. Like, genuinely, I think that's the best boss edition, period. Sure. Um, but the, so the just thing I was noticing was, like, a lack of things with depth. Things right. to grind into. So we, we all know, like, Chambers is very much almost an accident with regards to its depth. Yes. I think most and... things are. Yeah. But most things generally are, but chambers especially. It, yes. it was just—it was like a lucky thing, and it's not to discount it or anything, but it is to say that it was an outlier, and the ability for them to create content on that degree and that of of, of that uh, mechanical depth is extremely hard, if not impossible. Purely yeah, just sure. a luck thing if it gets to that level. So, I guess it's fair to say the quantity of of content has probably diminished, and I think I can explain this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't like. You know, it doesn't excuse them of it or anything, but I think I can explain it. Yeah. So 
Chambers was the first like big thing. They were trying something out to see how it went. And Inferno was probably planned alongside that to to really give something to the high-end player base and also say to old players, like, we have new stuff. We have actual raids. We have extreme hard challenges to go for. Like, come back and try this stuff. Marketing-wise, it makes sense. It, it, it fits across the board as something good. And then there comes a period where they're still in this position. I, I, this is how I see it. I, they're still in this position where a lot of the early game players, they're not getting new players. They're getting returning players. And so they need to drive more of these updates towards mid-level and early game to allow them to stick around more and try and get some of those players who might have been brought in by the, by the appeal of a raid to mm -hmm. stick around seriously and play. And, and, and that's why we get all these barrage of updates. And then we also have this problem of because Chambers is out and Inferno is out and then, you know maybe Top comes along at some point, they're doing the raid sequels and everything. But in the intermission time, players are becoming so good at the game and in terms of solving speedruns, the likes of Inferno that may be the most complex speedrun currently. Definitely. Inferno, Inferno went from a place where, up until about a year and a half ago, it was not RNG-based in the slightest. It was about how good players were in terms of pushing the skill mechanics, the methods, the just everything. Yes. And it took a period of time for players to, to make that change and get that good. And it took an even longer period for everyone to catch up and, and enter this zone of like insane players, which we now have today. And it's it's only because we're now at this stage of having this crazy, crazy player base at the top level that everything seems lackluster. And that window of like leading up to Tob and then speedrunners developing that point and, and all those good players getting there only just hit. Um, in that year that we talked about, 2022, where things didn't feel good. Was it 2020, 2022? Like one of those years, right? 2022 Every... was next in Toa, yeah. Yeah, and, and everyone started complaining, like, where is our hard content? Because everyone's at that stage now, and the vocal, the vocal amount is growing, growing, growing. Mm -hmm. And then they try to fix it with stuff that was similar to, to the likes of how they thought Chambers release and Top release was, but it's too late because the players are too good. And you still have this compounding problem of like, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. But maybe it just will never be enough. Awakened Leviathan is, is, and a lot of the DC2 bosses, especially in their Awakened versions, um, they've thrown around the idea, and I think it's fair to say it's like new generation content. It, it's something that is a little bit more engaging. It's a bit more super well designed. And it's easier to balance than the likes of TOA as a raid because it's single encounters. And Awakened mm -hmm. Leviathan, I, I think it's the starting point, I hope, I really do, that it's the starting point to say that this was a success. Players enjoy it, it's fun, and it fits. And it hits those players where they needed to scratch that itch. And like the likes of us, we're going back day after day to get more of it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think, I think I don't know, hopefully following that explains why people feel the way it is and why the update history laid out in that manner doesn't seem to be like very good on their part, but it's actually just how the player base developed. I think I that's like a very good... I don't think Way that's to explain it. it because. No? Hmm. I, I think it I feel like it's not the whole picture, but yeah, maybe it is. Hmm. So there's things like Fasani and things like Nex. So it's like yeah. they're they're definitely very like. Maybe it is just because I feel like Tob was very intentionally designed. I mean, I was gonna say I wonder if it's just because they have less a more of a grasp on the content and that's made things less interesting inherently. Um, so, so like because they're maybe because chambers is weird. Is that why it's good? Because yeah, they didn't know what yeah. they were doing. I, this is why it's a bit of an outlier. 
It has like stupid depth, and there's no reasonable reason as to why. But it's also maybe not a great encounter in some cases because of it, and because they're trying to design good encounters, these things are lacking, or they're like broken in the ways we don't maybe. expect it to be. The thing is, I feel like Theater of Blood kind of counters that, just because I feel like everything and not everything, but a good chunk of Theater of Blood is intentional. Like I feel like they definitely intended scythe walking P2. Yeah. Uh, they definitely intend to scythe walking um, Zarpus because he's weak to slash. Like just clearly like, yes, things that they intended that are good. Uh, but I mean, it, it shows that they were learning and they were trying to introduce these factors. But it's still, I still think that players were advancing more rapidly than they could keep up with. That's that's the fundamental thing. I don't know if it's that's like, necessarily true. I don't, don't. I don't think it's impossible. Not. It's. I. I keep seeing people say like. Oh, you're just too good. Every like the the tick speed of attacks is too fast. It's that's not what makes something like interesting. I'm looking for depth. I'm looking for complexity. I think yeah, a regular chambers is not like hard, but speedrunning is interesting and fun. The idea like, is there's depth the, to it. Yeah, the idea is you can be a good player and still enjoy it because it has depth. Right, not just because it's uh, difficult. I and mean, I'm I'm not I'm not asking for content that only um, caters to me. I'm I'm asking for content that is interesting you know right and yeah, that no, doesn't this, mean this sense. i'm not saying every single desert treasure 2 boss needed to be like awakened level difficult or something like that i'm saying i wish they had more depth i like looking at the bosses i feel like whisper was like huge missed opportunity you can hit her between like the pillars if you can hit, fit in some like attacks here and there you can attack her during orb running and that kind of thing but it's a 20 percent um you, you do 20% damage, so it's just barely even worth it. So things like that, it's like there, so, there was some yeah. depth to be had here. You know what I'm saying? It's just Whisper, like, it, Whisper is crafted very well. It fits the bill as a boss that was designed. Yes. And, and, and fits its design very well, but it lacks depth. But the question is, why does it lack depth? And how do you just introduce depth to updates and PVM encounters? Right. I this think is, it's the, really this hard is the age-old question, sure. because if, if, if you find the answer, then obviously it's like... You know they're gonna they're gonna go for it, right? Um, TOA invocations, enrage mechanics, these help. Yes, I think they are definitely steps forward in terms of uh, going down that route and actually sufficiently making it interesting for those players, right? But mm -hmm. they can't just do that for every single boss. No, they have to be a bit more selective. Either. Yeah, like you said, one update a year, a rate of two year. years would be yeah. huge. It doesn't I, I, feel like we've no. I mean, we technically have on paper, but it doesn't feel like those things that they've added have depth. So that's the struggle. It's it's a really tricky one. This is probably yeah. like uh, it's probably an insanely interesting topic to talk about with Arcane. Uh, yeah, I mean, you may I, just like want to throw a DM to him or something. But I mean, personally, I, I think Arcane's really starting to. I mean, he. I could already see that he was getting it with Fasani's release. I think just the sheer fact that he could improve nightmare just something that was irredeemable it seemed at the time that he could somehow redeem it it's not perfect piece of content but he he also was under these restrictions of like okay we got to yeah. not just break the fucking rates and we got to keep it somewhat similar to nightmare so people that have done a lot of nightmare aren't just pissed off about the just completely making it easier but he did a really good job and i think he really understands how to get depth the problem is it's just really tough when you're trying to balance like for example the desert treasure 2 bosses they could be they could have more depth but the problem is is like i think in their mind they're seeing desert treasure 2 as this brand new piece of content that can really start to 
get people into higher level stuff. And it's like the perfect way to introduce just four brand new bosses that are all intermediate difficulty. And I say intermediate like intentionally because I think like that truly is intermediate stuff. It's it, it's good. It's like good intermediate. Like this is going to teach you skills that are going to advance you into Inferno. That's why I think my things. timing of dropping my video is good because these bosses are really good like introduction into PVM. And there's a yeah. lot more people like stepping into it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more people with eyes on PVM in general, like interested in it. Like yeah. there's nothing in the game that like Vardorvis teaches you uh, one tick swapping prayers and moving at the same time. Like, I don't know if anything else does that. You, you've got to catch a range prey and dodge an axe at the same time, a lot of the time. Nothing is, like, like distinct. Nothing is distinct, no, there. No, So it's definitely really good. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that they're introducing, like, mechanics that aren't done at other bosses. There, I still think they can introduce depth uh, in these updates, though. I don't think just because they're catering it to, like, a wider audience and trying to get them involved. It doesn't I, mean yeah, you can't have depth. I don't depth. think those are That's, exclusive. Mm -mm. I, I still think the problem relies on how do you make it emerge? How do, how do you just create something to allow for that? It's so difficult. I think usually the... it is just emerging gameplay. Yeah, it's yeah. Like people figure something out. That's it. And, and a lot of awakened Levi, I think, is accidental. Like I don't think they even knew you could trap tornadoes. Probably, mm. but probably. it's got some well, really cool even, implications. Yeah. I don't know. I think the the place the like the pieces of content you get the most depth are not single encounters though. They're generally the raids and stuff yes. where there's more people interacting with stuff. There's just so well, much more one, that can happen. One big reason for this is movement. Movement tends to be the big mm -hmm. thing that that is involved in immersion mechanics. Take Chambers solos. Take uh, Akka, for example. Butterflying is a great one. Yeah. Um, most, if not, not all, but most immersion mechanics make the use of movement. And a lot of the normal bosses, like Vorkath, it's just stationary. Zolora just pops up around. You can't really do much. You can yeah. walk Vorkath, but like that's the extent of the immersion. You can immersion mm -hmm. gameplay. Yeah. You can have at Vorkath. And and having these wider arenas, like Verzik pog tanking around the boss because it's massive and it's open and it moves towards you, all because it's a massive room and you get pulled areas. That's something that movement especially plays into all of this in a big way. Mm -hmm. Just a thought, but like, um, I don't I don't know many emergent mechanics of a really interesting nature that don't require that. And maybe that's yeah, a base to right. work on. Maybe maybe that's a, maybe that's a starting point for like deciding we want to make stuff that has emergent interesting depth. Let's start with the feeling of movement and go from there. Like, oh, create the open space, create the drag tiles, create some of this. It's a really interesting conversation. That's I, what it I'd is love a Leviathan to talk to too. That's why it's so fun. It's the moving and doing things at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Avoiding I mean, a tornado it, inherently like forces movement. It's like you're, yes. you've got to be intelligent about where you go. And where you drop rocks means you need to be standing in the right places. It's just intelligent all around. Yeah, like exactly. You have to be knowing what you're doing, where you're standing the whole time. In terms of PVM, right, fundamentally, it's movement, prayer switches, and uh, movement, prayer, inventory switches, and clicking stuff. But the clicking stuff yep. is a lot of things. So any of those four things can make up emergent gameplay properties. But of all of those, the one that interacts with the game environment is movement and clicking stuff, which you do anyway. Yeah, so for sure. Fundamentally, it has, to, it has to incorporate it. Doing a thing is... Yeah, how many, how, how many places have emergent mechanics where you stand still? Like, none. Stand still attack the Kraken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like, you know, it's it's a very cool conversation to have. Hey, there's, four, to have there's four tentacles you got to attack first. Oh, that's shit, true. that's true. 
Actually, no, not anymore. Didn't actually, just chuck a actually, you, you know what's great? You know what's cool? You know what's cool at Kraken? You can do the speed up thing by standing back, throwing one, and getting like the same type oh, yeah. thing. For that the, is, I actually like that. That's kind of cool. That that is, and that, like involves, and that involves movement. That involves movement. Yeah, it's crazy, true. right? It's true. So, I don't know. It's a really interesting topic. I'd love to. I might talk to Arcane about it a bit more and be like, "What do you think about movement as being like the basis for all of this?" Because yeah. it seems to be. Um, hmm. but yeah. No, yeah, I mean, with regret, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna give a shout out to uh, Vardorvis. I think genuinely, and again, intermediate. It's not some, something that's advanced, but it's this constant um, movement that you do have to do, and occasionally it switches up. You know, if he does do the little ice underneath your feet, where it gets a little bit more complex. But generally speaking, there's just two different spots. But there's always that risk of like you have to switch your prayer on the same tick as moving back to the original tile you were at. And I think just that simple step toward, okay, now we're introducing consistent moving throughout this fight. It's mm -hmm. getting people into this. It's like, okay, I can, I can do this. I'm not just constantly stuck in my little inventory area where I'm clicking prayers and stuff. I'm, I'm having to constantly be moving my mouse everywhere. I think it's Bart really is, good. Bard is, I think, the best of the regular ones. And it's also interesting that his defense trains based on damage done. I don't think they've ever done that. So mm. that's a really interesting, just the idea of like swapping to a less accurate weapon later in the fight is really cool. That is cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he loses awesome. a defense level every 10 health. So oh, it's like eventually, Two, yeah. 215 down to 145 or something. Scythe, yeah, that's really it's cool. like fa starts Fang Biss and then becomes Scythe at the end. It just depends on if you care to bring it or, you know. It's cool though. Very it's cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we going to the next one? Well, let's Wait, did we already cover the direction of the game? Or is that the one we're going on to? Uh, we're going to it now. We're doing yeah. update history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What's the... Uh... Well, well, here, let, let me ask you. So I feel like the yeah. consensus is we are on an upward climb. Like we're, we're in a good, healthy state of the game. We're just constantly aware and we want to keep things good, right? Yeah. Yes, for the overall game health. Yeah. Yeah. In, ter in terms of concurrency, in terms of how many people are picking up the game and, and desert treasure, to enjoy it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Desert Treasure 2 was phenomenal. Like I, we, that was just an incredible update. I think it's just, it's, it has introduced, and it's really accessible to a lot of players. It's just introduced a lot of good stuff to get involved with, like a lot of new stuff to get involved with all at once, which is really cool, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. I thought the four new I... bosses was going to be overwhelming. It's actually like really cool. <laughs> kind of like yeah. it. The reason I, I was myself. like, a lot of people are mad at me and, and I sounded frustrated is because I was talking about how I, I, I talked about it very briefly, but I was like kind of frustrated with um, the bosses in general. And more so, that's not a fault with the bosses. I was calling them, every time somebody asked me what I thought about the boss, I'm like, they're more Muzpas. <laughs> and they are. They're just, they're more like additions in that like content bracket, which is not a bad thing. It just is, it felt like frustrating that there's nothing slated. Um, it's Summer Summit is coming soon, so I don't know if they'll be adding something. But it felt frustrating that like that craving has not been satisfied for a long time, and we're getting more uh, like similar, like to what mm. we've had. So that's where I was coming from. I don't think Desert Treasure Two is a bad update. I see. I do think I do think there's some some small differences with regards to the likes of Vardorvis, where Muspacon just randomly KO you. You'd have to mess up badly. But a Vardorvis can just KO you if you play badly for an instant. Yeah. I would um, also argue Muspa has more depth than any of them, though. So it's like... Um, I, I don't know. I actually would disagree with that. You have... 
you have health thresholds for switches. So it's 100 health on ranged phase, 80, 80 to swap it from melee. So you have to keep track of damage you've dealt to do switches yeah. to do more efficient damage. There's, there's um, smite skip to the problem. Very complicated. I wish I wish smite skip could actually be done way more commonly. I hate that it's just yeah. It's like a what a five percent chance of getting it. Like it's so low. It depends on I, a lot of things, but yeah. It's, I do agree. Musper has more depth after thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, it I definitely it does. does have yeah. gear Benetti swaps, which is like the biggest thing. I I agree with that, but I feel like just I'm bringing up Vardorvis only because I've done that the most. Is like that literally feels better. It and I think part of it, it is 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 some there's there's something to do with melee distance stuff. I feel like ranging and maging never quite feels. You're dancing with a boss. It's a little shorter paced. There's a lot of, like, you're always at risk of dying. You can get comboed out pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. It's It feels better, for sure. Yeah, I think that's it. What I'm... People think I'm after, like, extreme difficulty, and that's not really what I want. I'm, I'm after depth. I'm after, like, those interesting things that come out after mm -hmm. a boss has been out. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. That's that's what I really enjoy. So maybe, I see. maybe one interesting question, because I, I agree, Musper has more depth than the likes of Vardorvis, mm -hmm. but I prefer doing Vardorvis. I do too. Why is that? I think it's is shorter. It just the way the fight. It's, it's 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 shorter and it feels reactively it's, like it's just intense. It's shorter. There's more at stake. It's intense like, the right, whole way right. through. You enter Muspa and it's like, all right, time to fucking do like the the first half of the fight is just yeah. boring as hell. Just like yeah. I, I don't like I don't like the pace as much. In the same way, I don't like yeah. the pace of Whisperer because it, it, it's a good fight. It's just a, a bit slow, is what it yeah. feels like to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but but that's the thing is like maybe you don't always need depth to have enjoyment of the bosses because I could happily sit at Bardorvis, um and enjoy. Bardorvis is the one I've been doing the most. It's like, so fun. Right, it's sure. just it's just chill, but. And again, intermediate. It's nothing advanced. It's just like consistent. Mm -hmm. You got to stay focused and it's just quick kills and it's intense, I feel like. The, the only yeah. one that I felt is truly not good is Duke. Like Duke, Duke is the only Duke's... one I feel is not a good addition. The thing All is... of them felt like they teach interesting things and are decent. I just feel like they lacked some depth. That's all. Interesting. The, the Awakened version of Duke felt like it ta taught a lot more with regards to specifically timing, tick timing. Going from five to four tick and matching your position based on that. It required you know your really weapon good. cooldown very well. Yeah, weapon cooldown position. I don't position like Awakened Duke still, though. <laughs> I, I, I also don't really enjoy it, but I appreciate that it's it's got that depth and it's got that sort of I get what they're trying to do, yeah. Appeal. They're trying to yeah. get that mechanic mechanic like learned. Um, yeah. But, sorry, back to track, backtrack a little bit. Like, if Vardorvis in that pure raw dodging feels better than having that depth at Musper, do we need depth mm -hmm. if we can have a bit of an alternative? Obviously, depth is good, but maybe it's not the end all as far as what no, makes No, it's not the bosses. only thing that matters. Not at all. Right. And I maybe mean, we can... Yeah. Obviously, like, if it's fun, it's fun, but, like, explaining why and then also trying to recreate it without it being the same thing is the trick. Does Zarpus necessarily have a ton of depth? I mean, there's, like, five-ticking him, right? That's Zarpus about has the end of it. Is he five-ticking, correct patterns, step-unders. Mm -hmm. um, I would say Zarpus has and, and, and phase timing. Any... I would say Zarpus has the least depth of any top boss. So that's still I still like it. Hmm. I like it too, because it feels it feels you well, you're using a lot of movement. Yeah, there's a lot of just consistent we, we agree movement flow. is great. Yeah, it's yeah. some something you get with flow. Like when you're talking about the whisperer, it's like there's just there's too much like okay, transitioning into this phase, transitioning like if Zarpus had those yeah. like weird transitions where like every 
20 seconds you're just doing it's like okay like i wish i could just stay in the cycle because i'm actually well, it only feels this. like it slows it down because you can't do damage it's reduced it's yeah that 20 percent damage modifier feels bad yeah you can't do anything interesting with it because she's just basically invulnerable mm -hmm. you can it's still attacking it's just less damage it just barely it. does anything yeah um I, I definitely think that again movement is very much a key in in that if you have a if you have a cycle like attacking and then you add one movement mo one movement per cycle to that um or an offset like um uh, a different beat like a four tick and a five tick cycle these things that work together to to, to make it so you're the entire thing is a cycle together like moving back at zarpas on a four tick i know people don't people like the five tick but if you do it on a four tick you have that lovely feel um and that alone it's not really depth that we're looking for but it feels hella good same thing for four to one on once you're in it it's just like i attack and i move and i do my thing yep mm -hmm. that that is a super fun thing they can always work with, I think. Interesting. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, so, okay. So, direction of the game, generally go. very good. Yeah. They're Interesting aware. That they're, they're aware. I think they're trying to do things with depth. They're trying to make it stimulating. They're trying to cater and make it broad to a lot of different audience, but DT2 bodes well. Um... And it's just about, let's see what the new updates hold and go from there, because we yep. do need more to figure it out at this point. And scrap forestry, part two. Sorry. <laughs> I actually don't like part two, personally, but... I don't I, think I, anybody I like does. One. Did you I see like he part one. video? Oh, he's insanely angry, and I, I get uh, it as well. It's not good. I, I, I don't usually <laughs> care about skilling updates, and I liked part one, but I do not like part two. So Something about the the mass amount of random events. It's just too many to me. It is. Yeah. It's just obnoxious. I, if it was just those three at the start, I would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. But it, it just feels like it's too many. Yeah, it's just getting out of control. Yeah. I hate the bringing an item to a skilling location too. RS3 does that with everything. <sighs> I hate it. I hate having and, an inventory set up to go chop trees. And Tease is going to break the game, like actually. Tease. Yeah, they're actually tease. busted. I, I'm no skiller, but no to Tease. No, 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 no. No. That's not good. Yeah, the last thing was just game health, which we've already kind of talked about just overall. It's in a good state. It's growing. Um, yeah. I feel like, obviously, obviously, be just because the new quest came out, a lot of people, and it's summertime, a lot of people are playing right now and unburning. And I think that's always a good sign. And oh, is there any other PVM bosses coming out this year? Like any like big mm, PVM no. stuff that's planned? So, some, we, summer, summit's, summer Summit's coming out soon and we'll probably yeah, find okay. out then, but we okay. don't know right now. Cool, cool. I think the only thing we know for the end of the year is Bounty Hunter, I'm pretty sure. Surely there's more than that. Okay. Um, some more topics in. Cool. So there was one last thing on your video, testimonials and player opinions. Do we have mm -hmm. anything on that? Yeah, I was just, um, like I said, it was like a month process in the video. So I threw up a, a Jagex feedback section in my Discord, and I I plugged it on my stream, and I was just like, yeah, just go in and throw up. I had like four questions. Get the questions again. Um, I asked. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was already fine. I was trying to find it. I wrote it down at some point. I asked, uh, are you happy with the state of the game? Um, if you could make change, what would be your top priority? And what makes this game fun for you? And what makes this game unenjoyable for you? Those were the yeah. questions I asked. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw some of the responses. I read through of them, and mm -hmm. obviously the questions themselves. The, these questions in particular, um, 
so I'll read them out again. Like, are you yeah. happy with the state of the game? If you could make the change, what would be your top priority? What makes this game fun for you? What makes this game unenjoyable for you? Clear emphasis on player opinion and what player they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's completely fine. And everyone's idea of what they enjoy is completely valid. And it's true. So you can't just say, like, you're wrong, because they're not. That's actually what they think. Right. And my only thing with this would be that just because someone knows what they enjoy doesn't mean it's good for the game. The, the most obvious examples of this... Yeah. No, not, not necessarily, but, like... In general, just because you know what you like doesn't mean that if you wanted a change in that favor, doesn't necessarily make it good. It doesn't. Make I enjoy it bad getting either. more XP from woodcutting. They should increase. Right. XP. That's not necessarily good. Yeah. 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 Sure. One of the best examples is like Fang. People love using the Fang right now. It's a cheap item that's accessible, and it's just like a, a Fang fits all. It's and if not you tell good. them, <laughs> right, and and if you tell them like you're destroying the niche for Scythe that is meant to be its strongest weapon niche. And it's not healthy for progression of the game to just be able to attach a, like, grab a fang and you're good to go. You're done. That's endgame PVM complete. Players at the low level see this and are like, I have a fang now. Let's fucking go. I can do all this content. But it destroys the long-term progression of the game. And it destroys the idea of being able to progress into more sort of serious builds with, with scythe and, and other stuff, right? It's just kind of like, I have a fang, progression's over. And progression is key to old school. It's like what it's built on. So when I'm talking about stuff like that, clear examples of the best analogy is you got a Timmy who's grown up at TOA and has a fang, and he's been get, he's yeah. being fed fed cake from Jagex. He this little Timmy just he's a bit overweight, and Timmy is just getting fed cake from TOA. Purples left and right, fang in his hand, swiping at bosses, and Timmy doesn't understand that while this is really fun, the long term health of the game and his health overall while eating so much cake is detrimental. <laughs> Timmy is obese and he's about to have a heart attack. And he's going to stop playing because he's going to be bored slash dead of the game. And how do you fix this? You take the cake away, which is equivalent to nerfing Fang a bit or making it so that purples don't drop so consistently. And people get so angry at this because, firstly, I'm comparing them to fucking Timmy and they don't want to be a Timmy. And, <laughs> and secondly, they don't like the idea of it being a bad thing. But if you yeah. can explain, like, it is a bad thing because of the progression of the game, and even though you might like it right now, if you take it away, it's going to be beneficial to more players long term, including yourself, to enjoy the game for longer. And you make some good arguments like this. People are still going to say, you're just taking my cake away. And that's the end of, that's the end of the argument. So mm-hmm. it comes down to players have preferences and they are enjoying things in the game. Just because they like this and want more of it, is it okay to maybe say, actually, you shouldn't have this? And there will be backlash for that, but maybe it's the right choice. And then question is, how do we know that the player testimonies are actually like saying the right thing if they're just going based on their opinion, what they enjoy? Because sure, maybe a lot of it the is point. the case. The of, point is just see no. what the general like opinion is. Right. Like, how, how do you feel about the state of the game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, you know, are you okay? Are you enjoying it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I still think enough people fall prey to the idea that because they don't like it right now, it's therefore bad. That's all I'm trying to get at. Oh, because they like it, it's therefore good. Yeah, that's not and, necessarily fair. Yeah, that's not and, necessarily and it's, true. And it's, you have to take into account a bit more than just what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you maybe the right choice might be to sacrifice a bit of what you enjoy for the betterment of the game. And it's very hard to both make that choice and be conscious of it in the first place. And I don't... But, I don't do that either. I, I get like players do that in general. I, yeah. Anytime there's like um, 
a poll I don't understand or don't interact. Like I don't do any PvP at all. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I never ever PK. So when I see a question about it, I'm I'm just skipping it because unless it like has something to do with me and I have some input, I, it's pointless. Like I can't I can't give input on that. But I don't yeah. think it's bad. I'm not going to vote no to a PvP update because I want them to work on other things. I don't think PvP updates are bad. Right. I just don't interact with them. So yeah. for the state of the game, if it's I vote on polls based on if it's improving the game, I think, then I vote yes. If I don't know, I skip. And if I don't think it's improving the game, I vote no. That's like always what I do. Yeah, great. As, mm-hmm. it, as it should be. I, I wish more people were both interested and willing to make it's, the sacrifice or it's understand It's for that. people not to be biased, but... but you know. it, yeah. It, it's asking people to not be ultimately, so... It, yeah. They can't be, but I wish more people were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm actually curious if, so I just want to read this one. Um, just, just the last one. I want to just hear your guys' takes on it. What makes this game unenjoyable for you both? If there is a thing, um, like what's like the biggest thing? I don't currently, I don't, I, I currently enjoy the game and I do too. Yeah. I for say. me, for, for me, there was a point back in 2020, 2021, where I was into speed running big time and all I wanted to do was more speeds. And I was, I was in a position that felt increasingly frustrated as, as we've described here, like not getting catered to, trying to do the fun stuff. And ultimately a mindset switch is, is what it came down to for understanding maybe they just can't all do this in one go. Maybe it's not best for the game. And maybe you just don't have to play. I took a month's break to go play Lost Ark. I took a month's break to go play Overwatch at points. It helps. If you don't enjoy it, just don't play it. That's fundamentally what it comes down to. And so therefore I, I enjoy the game right now because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be playing it. Um, as for what actually forces that to be unenjoyable, it tends to be what I impose on myself. If I say, like, I want to do Inferno speedruns, and then I realize, ah, oh, but it's RNG-based. Not not all of it, but, like, a good portion is RNG-based. And I still want to bash against it, even though I hate RNG. Ultimately, I'm doing it to myself. <laughs> ultimately, that's my own problem. And I have to weigh the choices on whether I think it's more fun to do it, or if I think I'm not going to enjoy it because of RNG. It's tricky because you don't know when you're going to cross the threshold of not enjoying it more than you do enjoy it. Or like Turiel is becoming more tedious than the speedrun is fun. Which is why we're also so like so adamant on trying to change these things because so many players are like that. But yeah, give, I think um, for me it definitely self-imposed problems for the most part. I'll give my background before it. I, what I was doing right before streaming is air traffic control training. I was doing... um. I was schooling to learn to do that. Extremely stressful. It's one of the most stressful jobs like on the planet, and learning to do it is even more stressful. Um, that's the kind of thing I really enjoy. I love the the like high stakes um, adrenaline of doing things. So that's I, I failed by 0.1%. I'm, I'm not going to like get into the whole details of it, but I, I barely didn't pass. You get blacklisted. They they kick you out. <laughs> Jesus, um, that's yeah. cruel. It's it's brutal. So. Um, I started streaming with the goal to like feel that. So I I love like high stakes moments. I love like stressful situations. I love like being low health and just trying to like clutch something out. That's the kind of thing I love doing. Um, that's why I really like Inferno. There's a lot of times you're at like one health and you just have to keep going um, and hope you make it. Like you just have to make the right play given based on your your resources. That's really, really satisfying to me. So... Um, that's my enjoyment of the game. So anything that makes, what makes the game unenjoyable for me is anything that like takes, prevents me from getting that, I guess. Mm. 
which is dumb things like cape swap. It's the same thing that Addy was saying. It's like self-imposed things, I guess, technically. Yeah. So it's like things that prevent me from getting that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If, if I were to answer it, it's really just, I think the biggest thing is just the um, lack of clear vision for skilling updates. I feel like skilling as a whole is just looked so down upon by anybody that's not a skiller because it's just usually shit content and nobody's yeah. like interested mm. in making any fundamental changes. So it's, I'm like trying, I've been trying to push, I've been trying to like push for just giving people more, I don't know, like insight into skilling and the things that are actually making it fun and the things that are just bad updates and what people think are good updates because the XP rates increased. And it's just, I'm just trying to paint this picture. The other thing that makes the game unenjoyable is bots and the lack of, yeah, getting rid mm -hmm. of them that pisses me off <laughs> yeah anyway um addy you said something about like you know occasionally taking breaks and playing other games uh so i yeah. guess i'll ask you is there any games that you guys play besides osrs so for the longest time as with many people i also was probably like my only game I've, I've talked about this in stream and asked for polls and stuff and it's like something like 30% of players who play old school, at least in my stream, only play old school, only consume yep. old school content, Some, mm -hmm. something like that number, uh, which means a majority of players don't. But I think a lot of that overlap with those players who do only play and also the players who are being frustrated is there. And that's maybe making a leap, but I think it's not untrue. Um, but as far as what I play, like I've picked up chess again in the last like year, super enjoyable, got a couple of friends who in old school play um, and I can dive into a game like anytime I want. Overwatch was a big one for me in the last year as well. Um, playing the game pretty casually, still like trying to go for GM and, and trying to increase skill and stuff. It's still great. But I'm not invested heavily into the community beyond playing some games and having fun with it. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that comes and goes as I feel like I want to play it. Instead of like, um, it's not something I'll always play. But if I feel like I'm getting a bit down with old school, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up basically. And having the option to is great. That's the main thing. But Overwatch chess, um, mostly that. We moved recently, so we have this whole apartment and stuff to do, pets to take care of each other, you know? Yeah. So it's a bit, it's mm -hmm. a bit more than just like, old school is my everything right now, which is very good. That's good. No yeah, monkey? I'm, I'm crazy busy too, so not a ton of time to play things. But I, I also played Overwatch at one point. Um, Let's go. Let's go. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I <laughs> you don't like a, it? No, I feel like the balancing <laughs> is just ruined lately, but... Um, um, heroes definitely have that method, but I haven't even looked with... into it in a couple of years. So, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I play a lot of Team Fortress Two. That's that's been like making a comeback recently. They got rid of all the bots and stuff. Um, I also just play a lot of single player games. I've been playing Pikmin Four. Um, played a load of like Elden Ring. I, I really love Dark Souls. All the everything in that series, like things like that. Yeah, I could imagine you're definitely a Dark Souls kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, you should stream Elden Ring. Did you ever? Have you ever? I'm waiting for the DLC. Oh, I'm definitely going to stream that. That would be fucking awesome content. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I want to kind of wrap things up with just asking uh, each of you for, you know what? This time, just two shout outs. Two so shout outs. I'll start oh, with Adicon and then no Oh, monkey. God. I remember, I remember this last time yeah. I was trying to think about it. <laughs> I'll tell you one. Uh, my, my hands don't work. Because oh, he's yeah. going to Brush Order. And his achievements throughout the game have been incredible. And I think sometimes he thinks they're not quite up there, but 
they bloody well are. They're some of the most insane things in the game. Both his drive determination and like positive attitude towards it, just the never give up attitude is very fun to both watch and like track his progress. So I can't wait for him to get Blood Torver, and if you're watching, you're going to get it, bro. Oh, yeah. um, second person? God. Um, shit, I don't know. I'll come back to me for a second. Let's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna shout out uh, Mod Knox and Goblin. I mean, they've just been they've been chatting with me about things. Um, they really want to improve things. They they're very like open and they've been talking with me. I really appreciate it. Um, they really want what's best for the game. Knox is just like I feel like just really coming forward. I feel like he's gonna do great at Jagex. Also, shout out Cardiac, of course. That's my third one, but you have to. Cardiac, so. <laughs> 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 Love it. Adikon, did you think of your second? I'll, I'll return and give it to Arkane, because the J-Mods have knocked it out of the park with yeah, DT2 sure. and continue to, mm -hmm. to improve it. And, and Arkane spear, spearheaded DT2 bosses, so between all the J-Mods, yeah, they've, they've done an incredible job, but not, you, know, you can't single them out. It's not just like Nox and, and, and uh, no, Goblin and Arkane. It, it's it's really all good. of them, but uh, you know, those guys especially, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, this was actually really fun. Uh, I enjoyed just talking, you know, about the state of the game. I think you two are both, like, definitely up there when it comes to just... When people think of high-level PVMers, they think of Adicon, they think of No Monkey, and you guys are definitely, like, good examples to the community of just, you know... I don't know, kind of sharing your thoughts, which is always good, of, like, being honest with yourself and also being really communicative with those thoughts and also being a huge part of the community and allowing others to voice their opinions and just having a good safe environment where you guys live stream. I think you guys are just wonderful uh, streamers and wonderful content creators that are like doing a lot of good for the game. So thank you guys for being in the community. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Uh, let's see. Down in the description, guys, we're going to have No Monkey and Addy Khan's links down there. Also, Addy Khan and No Monkey have been on the cast before, so I'll have their previous episodes linked. Addy Khan's been on twice, uh, No Monkey oh. just a few months ago. Ooh. So if you guys want to check out their previous episodes, you can check them out. And uh, let's see. This Saturday, we're going to be having Soup on the cast, the creator of Gilinor Games. So I'm really excited to talk to him. And... Uh, yeah, if you guys want to support the podcast, there's also a Patreon link down in the description. And that's it from me. So, guys, any last thoughts? Any last things you want to say before we end? Awesome combo. Hope people open up a bit more to the idea of the conversation. That was like one of the big things here. Don't just don't just sling mud. Have positive conversations and actually talk yeah, it out. I love the discussion. It's really good. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's the one big thing. But yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thank all you, guys. Awesome. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.